Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. for joining us for Today is uh, number 12. The topic of today is um, the uh, blackout in Gaza, some updates on what's happening, and the topic of public opinion. So the topic of public opinion is a very important topic. Some people might say, well, you know, we're concerned about other things right now. We have to focus on our brothers and sisters being uh, being uh, attacked in, uh, in Gaza. But this is a crucial topic that is one of the reasons why this disaster is happening. So it's important to spend some time to comprehend these things during these times while our energy is high and our focus is high and our concern is high so that we're not uh, losing this opportunity to raise our level so that either we fix this now or that we are at a much higher level and a much higher level of understanding uh, uh, of our deen and the reality around us for the next time something happens so that we are not starting all over again we're much much more further ahead and much closer to um, bringing about change with the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala today I have my brother Khalid Abu Aisha uh, Jazakallah khair for joining us Khalid uh, for having you on your show. Uh, my brother Khalid is a graduate of Al-Azhar. We study together and uh, he's I've known him for a long time and uh, he has uh, excellent insights. We tend to have lots of conversations and we go into a lot of depth and so I hope that we can replicate that here. Uh, we tend to just talk on the phone for a long time and uh, so I hope that uh, this is going to be beneficial for everybody. Now, I'm going to uh, update a little bit uh, if Khalid wants to jump in at any point in time and talk about anything that he has to add. Uh, with regards to what's happening. One thing that we do know is about uh, a little over 20 hours ago, maybe actually a little more, about 30 hours ago now, uh, there was a complete disconnect. Uh, the Zionists uh, cut off all communication. They cut off the cell towers and they cut off the phone connections uh, into Gaza, complete media blackout. And this is related to the topic of public opinion because they know that the more people know what's happening, the more people will be against the Zionists. Um, so they cut off all communication so that they can massacre as they please. Uh, we do know that some videos and some information has been uh, received uh, from different ways, catching small uh, cell uh, reception uh, at the borders and things like this. Um, there's lots and lots of groups that are that are uh, still forwarding some information. There's very, very little coming out now, but there are a few uh, small bits and pieces of details that are coming out. One thing that we do know is that the Zionists have attempted a ground invasion. Um, interestingly, all the news that has come through from both sides, and this is an interesting thing today, I'm going to show some videos from both sides. I'm going to show the attacks on the in the occupied lands and the attacks on, on the Muslims in Gaza, and you'll be able to see uh, the propaganda. It is important to, to, to listen to both sides, go to the news from both sides. Uh, what I actually try to do, even on my social media, I'll intentionally search uh, terms that the Zionists and the Zionist supporters will search so that I can see what they see, because what I've noticed is if you're only kind of living in a bubble of only what you hear, you don't really know what's going on on the other side. You don't really understand why they are saying or thinking what they think. So it is important to, like, for example, there's a, a whole uh, a stream of, of videos and so on that are saying that uh, all most of what is happening in, uh, in Gaza is a setup. 
it's actors. They'll take children and shove them under rubble and then pull them out from the rubble. They're saying it's all fake. It's all lies. Despite the fact that we have videos and photos of dead children, house entire neighborhoods, entire regions, like 40% of Gaza is annihilated right now. So, and there's photos of this. And so somehow all the children, all the women are safe somewhere. And then we brought them all back. It's, it's unbelievable what these people are, are, are claiming. Either way, so the, the interesting thing about the ground invasion is that all the news that I've read on both sides have said that, that the ground invasion has been repelled repeatedly. They keep on trying to go in and they keep on getting uh, fought back. So, so far, they've been very unsuccessful in terms of uh, their ground invasion. But they do have uh, carpet bombing attacks right now. They're just, they've dropped, uh, uh, again, there's no way of knowing exactly now. But the destruction is just unreal. The videos that have come forward, and I'll go into them. Uh, in a little bit, but so um, uh, now the strikes on the uh, occupied lands, uh, the Iron Dome is uh, seems to be uh, shooting down most of the rockets, but a lot of rockets are making through. Uh, but it's it's the, the the damage is generally minimal because you're dealing with a fully armed uh, army, and then just you know a lot of what the Muslims are are firing and 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 using for attacks. There, it's just whatever they've managed to take from the Zionists or what they've managed to gather over time. Uh, but there's very little in terms of uh, weapons that they have. Um, and yet they're still able to hold back and, and, and have a kind of almost like a, a neutral standoff. Sorry, Khalid, I'm, I know I'm going to the details while you sit there and just listen. Uh, but uh, just no, a couple no, no, it's of... fine. It's fine. No, no, no. It's a, no, no. Let's, uh, let's, let's give, yeah, we have to, to give the overview. So, and, um, ahead, so uh, then, and uh, there is an interesting uh, piece of news, and I think uh, I have it here. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up. Um, so there is uh, one uh, Zionist uh, colonel that was captured um, by the Muslims during the ground invasion. And I believe this is it. No, that's not it. Uh, let me see here. I would like to... I would like to see if I can pull up the information, but I can't seem to find it. I guess maybe actually I didn't put it in the list of items to show. Either way, there is a, um, uh, I'll pull it up later, inshallah, but there is a colonel, a Zionist colonel, who was captured. Um, and um, the majority of the attacks of the Muslims are on soldiers, while the, the vast majority of the attacks by the Zionists are on uh, civilians. And... Um, so uh, it is very, very hard to, um, to, to just sit here and we can only imagine how much death and destruction that is taking place. Um, like I said, I will, show, I will show some videos, but if Khaled, if you'd like to add anything before I sh uh, go into the videos and the, uh, and the photos. Um, uh, no, I mean, uh, there's time for us, uh, as, as we know, uh, basically the, the blackout uh, from, you know, has has uh, obviously cut out in, uh, information coming to the rest of the world. And uh, the only thing I could think of is the, uh, the, the treacherous, uh, you know, rulers around them who are actually are obeying international law by not providing communications, uh, cell phone communications uh, to the people of Gaza. Uh, there was a, uh, a, 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 there was an announcement made by uh, the Egyptian um, telecommunications and they said well according to international law we're not allowed to extend uh, communications or, 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 or satellite or support uh, to the people in Gaza and the only one only real uh, communication that is available is uh, Al Jazeera having a satellite connection uh, that there's some information from there but other than that 
um, you know, uh, th there's there's videos which have come. Um, I've saw I've seen uh, obviously a video of a, a like a, it, it's a it's a pre-recorded video. Um, probably somebody recorded and probably sent it, uploaded it, uh, where they showed some of the destruction uh, that's been caused in the recent uh, since the blackout has started. So. Uh, I'm going to, so first I'm going to show some videos. Now, I do believe that I have the photo of the soldier um, up now. And uh, so basically, this is uh, the soldier in question. And uh, so this is the colonel that was uh, captured by the Muslims. And uh, Allahu A'lam what uh, we will do in terms of um, how we will, how they will deal with uh, using them, hopefully, to get, because they have, because they have about 5,000 uh, Muslim hostages. Uh, Palestinian hostages, whereas um, there are, I think, currently a little over 200-something uh, of the Zionists. And so they're saying, and they actually had made an announcement recently that they will do an immediate full exchange of all of the hostages as long as they give all the Palestinian uh, hostages. But, of course, the Zionists have not accepted that yet. I do expect that they might uh, start considering uh, accepting it because their ground uh, invasion doesn't seem to be doing very well. So only Allah knows when they're going to give up. May, may they give up, inshallah, soon. So I'm going to, uh, first of all, show a video of some damage that has taken place. Uh, now, uh, for us, uh, myself and Khalid, we can't hear the audio, uh, but the uh, audience listening can hear what is going on. And um, this is a house that was struck in the occupied lands. Um, and again, they, um, it, it, uh, most of it is a very small scale, uh, just one house or a, a small area the, the 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 rockets that are being used by the muslims are not uh are, they're not wide scale like even here you can see the strike that was on one house it landed on the front of the house uh destroyed the car destroyed basically i think two homes and definitely one of the one of the houses but the neighborhood was not completely annihilated whereas again when the zionists drop a bomb they drop a bomb on uh an entire neighborhood they annihilate they, they bring down entire buildings and they kill hundreds and hundreds of people in one single strike uh, it's completely indiscriminate and they don't uh, care you'll see a lot of these rockets as you can see these are videos of the rockets that are that have made it past the iron dome because the iron dome is limited no matter how much they claim that they have everything under control uh, they don't uh, the rockets are making it through and if you uh, again we don't have the audio but um, if, for those listening you'll be able to hear the uh, the, the rockets landing and uh, you'll, you'll be able to hear the, um, the explosions at the end as the rockets uh, land towards the end of the video. And so, uh, so the Muslims are fighting back. Um, and this is one of the things that I do want to talk about. And there, actually, you can even see right there. Uh, you can see that there was a strike right there in the, in the, on the left side of the screen. Um, and, uh, and, 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 yeah, so you can see right there. Um, and so the... Wow. The attacks that um, uh, so a lot of times a lot of Muslims were, were saying that you know we Muslims in, in Gaza are being attacked and we're not doing anything in retaliation and so on. But no, we have to understand that it is a war, and so uh, one of the things I want to touch on is how we should be perceiving the killing of the children and women, um, which I'll talk about. Uh, actually, uh, let me mention it right now. So the and while I'm this next, uh, sorry, the let me show this next video. So again, this shows uh, another area that was struck. It was struck again. Most of the, a lot of the rockets that are landing, they're landing in uh, streets, damaging cars, uh, on uh, damaging the front section of houses. But they're not landing on large buildings or killing a lot of people in high rises or anything like this. Um, and or at least this is the information that we have so far. 
And so uh, one of the things that has happened with Muslims is that we are calling out to the world saying they're killing children and they're killing women and they're killing elderly and it's indiscriminate bombing. But the fact of the matter is, is that these are people who have killed prophets. So they don't care. And the West doesn't care. In case you forgot, America went to Iraq and they killed half a million children through sanctions, not through bombs. They intentionally starved these children to death and made them sick to death, not allowing any medical support to go through. And these these Western governments were completely okay with it. Madeleine Albright said on the show 60 Minutes, it was worth it. It was worth killing a half a million children. So when, when we go out and we start calling out and saying they're killing children, they're killing women, they've been doing this for decades now. Ever since the fall of the Khilafah, they do not care. This is the exact same thing that they did in Iraq, that they did in Afghanistan, that they did in every single war that they ever have with Muslims. They simply don't care about Muslim lives. If you look at this, this is actually a, a recent video that just came out uh, that made it through. And you can see that it looks, it, 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 it's, it, it looks horrifying. Um, uh, what, what the Muslims, they're just waiting to be annihilated, basically. Gaza is being annihilated at this point in time. So when Muslims are calling out, look at what they're doing, look at what they're doing, who are you calling out to? The, the fact of the matter is, is that you can't be calling out to, you can't be speaking to the Zionists, obviously. You can't be talking to the West. They've been doing this to us for, for since since World War One. And so what, what we have to recognize is that our call has to be that we don't blame the Zionists. We don't blame the West. This is who they are. They're our enemy. Of course, they're going to kill us. Our own governments are the ones who are to blame for these children being killed. They're the ones who are the cause of this. They're the ones who are dropping these bombs. It's our own rulers who are this bomb right here that you just saw that fell on top of that tower. Our own government launched that rocket by not going in and doing their responsibility of stopping that rocket from being launched in the first place. There's a... Um, there's one video um, I'm going to show, and I uh, and I realize these things are going to be uh, very very hard uh, to watch. Um, there is one video um, that of this one boy, and um, I'm going to uh, pull it up right now. Not the one that you're looking at right now, but rather this one, um, this one right here. This video I've watched I don't know how many times uh, because he looks like my son. Um, and it's, uh, we've all seen these videos. Um, everyone should watch as many as of these videos as your heart can handle. Um, because this is what they are going through. It doesn't matter if you look away, they're still going through it right now. As we speak right now, somebody just started experiencing this with their own child or watching their own mother die or, or just who knows what other horrors they're experiencing. This one boy. Um, you can see him shaking. This is one of the, by the way, this is one of the telltale signs of when a child is in shock. There's loss. There's so many videos where the child is just sitting there and his whole body is just shaking and they can't control it and they don't know what to do. And they're in complete shock and their eyes are this big. Their eyes are wide open and they're, 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 it's like their brain is in, is in neutral and they don't know what to do. And, and so in this video, the reason why this one affects me so much is... Um, he finally breaks, the video's longer, so finally he starts allowing himself to feel what he just went through. Even if you hear, again, the shaking and the, and the 
inability to kind of control himself. And so this child, uh, his parents were killed. And this is, this is the norm. This is what everyone is going through. Everyone is um, experiencing the horrors of indiscriminate bombing and the world just doesn't care. That's the primary thing that we have to understand. Now, when I say the world, I'm talking about the governments of the world. The people, on the other hand, very, very much do care. For example, when we had these protests, 300,000 people went to the streets in London. Okay, we have, um, I believe, uh, let me see here quickly. I think we have um, here, this one in Jordan uh, is, is quite amazing, um, where we have um, just, I think it's about a million people. So what we see is the Ummah coming together in a way that we've never seen before, to be honest. We've seen protests, but we've never seen this much of a demand for Islam. And so what we're seeing is a struggle between the propaganda of the West and the call of the Muslims. There's a very big, um, there's a very stark difference between what the Muslims are saying and what the West is saying, what the Zionists are saying. And that's why I say it's really important. If you really want to get a good understanding of what's going on, listen to both sides and, and even put yourself in their position. Imagine that this is all you're hearing. What I've found is that on the Zionist side, 100% of what they're showing is just influencers talking. A person will say that, you know, this, this, this such and such is happening. They'll show a, 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 an explosion in the distance and they'll say a hospital was bombed or a, some children died, but they don't have any videos of any actual children getting hurt. And yet they're, they have a huge fuss about children getting hurt or women getting hurt, despite the fact that we have thousands and thousands of videos and photos that are showing real children, real women uh, being killed in the process. So as far as the topic of today, we're talking about the uh, situation. Um, and, uh, and actually, there's, there's actually still a couple of more videos that I'm going to quickly show. This video here is showing the strike on the hospital. This is the hospital called the uh, Indonesian Hospital, uh, where uh, again they just and in this one single strike they just killed hundreds and hundreds of people or thousands actually of people just in a hospital seeking medical uh, attention. Um, there is just so much. This one is a recent video that just came out as well. This is the ground reality right now in Gaza. Um, uh, this was this was of course last night. And um, uh, because right now, I believe, um, actually, no, this is this is fairly recent because right now it's about I think, three o'clock in the morning over there. And so this is what they're experiencing. Um, and you see, it's just there's just a constant, constant bombing and barrage of explosions, explosion after explosion. It's just non stopping. Um, no matter, no matter, no matter what what's happening, they just don't care. They want to punish the Muslims to the point where they want us to break. They want us to give up. All right, so moving on to the topic of uh, public opinion. So these videos, that I, the reason why I started with all these videos and all of this to set the, the, the ground is because we want to talk about what is public opinion, uh, what's important about uh, what's happening, how do we um, understand uh, the, um, 
the like why why are, why are we putting out all these videos why are we having these protests and if we understand public opinion very very well then we'll be able to do these things more efficiently and actually achieve an actual uh, something in the end instead of just venting frustration so Khaled, go ahead and and uh, give us what you th what you, how you define public opinion yeah bismillahirrahmanirrahim assalamualaikum uh, so the, the public opinion is um, basically um, what is the shared opinion that the, uh, an ummah has on a, on, a, on a matter that's in the public. So um, this is, this, these are things that which are taking place. Um, th these, are, these are opinions on things which are occurring. Uh, these are concepts. Public opinion um, is, is something, for example, that you know, you you would say as the shared, shared values, shared ideas, shared emotions, right? Shared emotions that are there. And we're going to give some examples for sure. Uh, but these these opinions um, would be built on the you know whichever subsection of of of, of people we're looking at based on uh, what they have in terms of their beliefs, their their ideas, uh, their emotions, um, and th these things would shape. How they, how, what, what's the, what's the shared, like end result idea that that group would have, um, and uh, the, like, uh, just to give some examples, is we've seen, um, you know, in terms of this, uh, the what's happening in in, in Gaza, um, you know, uh, you 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 as a Muslim in the West, you go out to the masjid, you, you people are talking about Gaza, uh, you know, you, I was attending the salah, there's the dua kunut. For the Muslims of Gaza, um, you go to you know you go around. There's protests going on, and you see that the Muslims uh, in general have one shared opinion, one shared value on this particular topic. I, I haven't met a Muslim who is uh, for the Zionist narrative at all. Like anybody, like do they even exist? Allah Alam, I haven't met anybody like that. Um, so everybody has. All the Muslims have a common opinion on a topic. Uh, and and uh, and, the, and the opposite is true as well. We see like the 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 the, the West that and that includes politicians, that includes the media, that includes um, you know the, the 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 people in in the West and the non-Muslims. Um, now they they may have there there may be a shared opinion. There may be uh, an opinion that they're maybe disagreeing on what should be the opinion. So for example, this issue of Gaza, the Muslims have a particular opinion. There's no difference on in this topic at all. Um, now with the non-Muslims, what we're saying here is actually there's a there's a uh, you can say debate going on on what should be the public opinion. How what what should the Canadian society, what should the American society, what should the British society uh, look in terms of this issue in Gaza? How how will they view this thing? Uh, how will they who's the who's the criminal? Who's the who, who's the victim? Um, in terms of um, like and then what we'll notice as well is for the Western people. Uh, the, the idea of who's the criminal and who's the oppressor, uh, who's the oppressor, who's the victim, is built also on their values as well, their common ideas, their common thoughts, their common emotions, and and then we will see a result. And then it may be there's a, there's a debate going on currently on, on on these topics, but but in general, I would say that's the the summation of public opinion. You, you, we'd have public opinion like the the simple one here, as in, as you know. Uh, if someone's following you, following you entering entering a building, uh, if you just don't hold the door open, like uh, what would the reaction be, yeah. right? 
uh, I don't know if you can think of some other examples, but like that, that's uh, like you have to signal when you're changing lanes. Otherwise, you're considered in, in, inconsiderate. Yeah. Um, like, Basically, public opinion is, is, a, is a public pressure that causes the masses to follow a certain line. People will obey just because you establish a certain public opinion. And that's why what's happening, you'll see right now with the Zionists, they're trying very, very hard to control public opinion because they want to be able to do what they want. They don't want public opinion to shift where the world's saying you have to stop or you're criminals. The public opinion, they want that. And that's why they're doing certain things. And we're going to talk a lot about actually what, they, what they've been doing to manipulate public opinion. But before that, mm. what I want to talk about, and actually, I'll give you a couple of examples or maybe one really big, strong example that a lot of us can relate to, which is the public opinion in favor of the LGBT right now in the West. So one of the one of the things about homosexuality, if you were to stand up and say homo, like in public, I'm talking like you're sitting in a in a in a in a cafe somewhere, or you're sitting or you're standing in front of like the mall, and people are walking past you, and Khalid and I are standing there, and we're saying homosexuality is a disgusting, perverted act, and the people who are homosexuals have a sickness in their desires. So to say that even right now on this live stream, my, in the back of my head, I'm thinking this live stream is probably going to get banned. So the the public pressure. This feeling of pressure of not being able to do certain things or having to toe a certain line. I know lots actually of non-Muslims who are dis disgusted by the idea of homosexuality and transgenderism, but they will defend it in public because they're under public pressure. They have no choice. They feel like, I will, I have to. That's why you won't find Muslims in Masajid calling for jihad, right, to, in the West. They won't, stay, even though they know, they like, if you go up to any imam, you tell them that, do you support the, the the idea of jihad being established today to go and liberate Palestine? The army is moving forward and liberating Palestine under the name of jihad specifically, the hukum of jihad. Will you accept that? All of them will say yes. Would you give a khutbah on the minbar? Probably most of them, if not all of them, will say no. Because public opinion. Public opinion pressures you to do certain things. What's interesting is Allah teaches us about public opinion in the Quran. And so that's it's, it's a component of our deen. Allah has already educated us about it. If you look at the Quran primary example, now Rasulullah is also an, 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 a very important example, but it starts with Fir'aun. If you read the stories of Fir'aun versus Musa when they first start interacting, you'll see that it's a struggle for public opinion. If you listen to Fir'aun, I remember, I remember noticing this a long time ago, and I thought it was such a weird thing until, of course, I, the brothers, of course, over the years we studied and whatever, and I, and I learned why. It was such an interesting thing. You look at Fir'aun and you see that he's talking to the people. You think you're a god. You're, you're in complete control. Why do you have to say anything? You would just cut his head off. You would just do anything you wanted if you really were, if you really believed you were god. But he could only control the people as long as they were still convinced that they need to listen to him or that he must be obeyed or that they're scared of him or that he's a god. And so you'll see when Musa came forward, he came forward and, and he spoke He's, again, talking to Fir'aun, but he's talking to the audience. And Fir'aun, when he responds to Musa, he starts mocking him and laughing at him and trying to say, he's, and he even says, he says, and he says to those around him, right, do you hear what he's saying? And he tries to get them to all to laugh at him. The thing is, Musa simply said that, that Allah is my God and your God. There's nothing irrational about that. But he wants to shift public opinion in mockery against Musa, salam, by saying that, are you listening to this madman? There's, there's a God other than me. But the thing is that rationally speaking, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. So he's trying to shift public opinion. The other example is Rasulullah The first move that Rasulullah did in trying to shift public opinion, he went and stood on Al-Safa. And he called everyone out. He called them tribe by tribe, name by name. Oh, Benny such and such. Oh, Benny such and such. Until they all came out. 
and he said something that would shift public opinion in his favor, which is, if I told you, he's not going to just talk, so they say, oh, well, we don't know if you're truthful. He wants him first to admit publicly that he is a Sadiq al-Amin. He said, if I told you there's an army coming over this, 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 uh, this mountain, would you believe me? They said, you are the most trustworthy and the most honest among us. And, he, and then he said that I am a messenger from Allah and I warn you of a severe punishment. And then so, now Abu um, Lahab or Abu Jahl? Abu Lahab. Abu Lahab. Abu Lahab stood up and said, Tabbanak. So now Abu Lahab is trying to shift public opinion against him by, now subhanAllah, so a lot of actually, ulama have actually said, if Abu Lahab didn't say this, and he, they, just, uh, they just remained quiet, Rasul Asim could have become very successful because he would have shifted public opinion. People would have said, oh, really? And then they wanted to learn more. But because he said, is this what you woke us up for? You've wasted our time. He didn't respond to the claim. He said, oh, you're just wasting our time. You're and then he went back. And he said, everyone, let's go. And everyone just went back with him. He shifted public opinion. And that's how mm -hmm. the, 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 the elites manage the, the control over the people by controlling public opinion. This is why, in a lot of cases, they will not allow public speaking for the Khilafah. They will not allow public speaking against the system. Because public, public speaking is how you change public opinion. Imagine, I just have one good example in the Quran. Uh, in the, the Quraysh, they said uh, in Surah Sa'd, uh, Sa uh, Allah, Allah Subh'ana says, Adhabillah Manishatana Rajeem, وَانْتَلَقَ الْمَلَأُ مِنْهُمْ أَنِمْشُوا وَاصْبِرُوا عَلَىٰ آلِهَتِكُمْ إِنَّ هَذَا لَشَيْءٌ يُرَادٌ That the leaders of Quraysh said, you know, uh, they walked to their people and said, Walk and stay firm on your gods. For indeed, this matter Muhammad brought is something that he's wanting something. He's desiring something. And, the, and then in Qurtubi, uh, it says, إِنَّمَا يُرِيدُ مُحَمَّدْ بِمَا يَقُولُ الْإِنْقِيَادُ لَهُ لِيُعْلُوا عَلَيْنَا So they said, Muhammad he is saying, you know, that Allah is one, so on and so forth in order so that we fall under his leadership and so that he will be on top of us in terms of his authority. Yeah. So, um, you know, this is a, th these verses show that, you know, because, uh, uh, you know, sometimes when we're in this, uh, when, maybe we could go into this topic a bit later, but when we're, you know, when for example, when we're asking for the armies to move, uh, you know, sometimes uh, in, in the Muslim world, the armies to move and save people of Gaza, uh, they'll, they'll say, you know, like, okay, you know, you talk to this influential person. If he doesn't agree, then you know, then what? Why? Why are you bothering riling up the the the, the streets? And why does why does that matter, right? What's the what's that? What's the importance of that? What you can see in in the example you mentioned of Firaun, Firaun was an absolute like dictator tyrant. He also needed the the people to 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 agree with his plan. Uh, and similarly, Quraysh needed the people to agree with his plan as well. Uh, agree with their plans. And, and this is basically when we realize that ultimately, uh, you know, the, the tyrannical rulers, uh, they cannot rule uh, just by themselves or, or just the, mala, the elites. They actually need the entire people to buy into their program as well. Exactly. And that's the thing is that the rulers are only able to control the army as long as the public opinion in the army is that we can't do anything. If right now there were to become a public opinion among the military soldiers, that we totally can move right now. We can easily overthrow. We know that we're all united on moving. Like if, if because again, that's why public speaking is important. If suddenly a, a public idea existed among the military of, of Egypt, for example, or Jordan, 
that we don't have to stop. We don't have to wait. And nobody can stop us. They can't stop us. And we all agree we should move. And we can. And the border is right there. They, the, the now suddenly they would lose the, the government and the, and the leadership, the corrupt leadership would lose control of that army moving forward. So let's talk a little bit about, um, uh, and we'll, I want to come back also to, to, to when we reach the conclusion to talk a lot more about uh, the importance of public opinion in, with, the, with the governments and the armies, because that's, that's really where it revolves around. And so that we'll talk about the importance of protests and how to do protests in a way where you can affect public opinion. How to reach out to the military and affect public opinion. How to uh, do everything that we do. Videos and so on where we affect public opinion. Um, and we'll come to that, inshallah, at the end so we can, we can pull all these points together. Now, if we look at what the Zionists are doing versus what the Muslims are doing for public opinion, you'll see a stark contrast. So now, if we were to ask ourselves what public... Because remember, when we're talking about public opinion, we can always usually define it with a title. right? There's a few points that they're trying to achieve in their public opinion. So what are the Zionists trying to achieve in the public in the, in their push for public opinion? They're trying to establish because by the way this is a lie. So it's important to note that this is a manipulative lie that actually isn't true, but they're trying to establish it just like by the way like Canada has over the over like the Canada has established it over the natives. Okay? They established the idea that we are now legitimate. And if the if the natives were to go out and start attacking the Canadian military, they are attackers and they are not legitimate. That's public. Now that public opinion in Canada is so ironclad; it's so completely established. I can't even suggest the the, the natives fighting back. It's over. It's finished. It's, it's it's even for me living in Canada. It's like well, it's 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 almost like psychologically, it's not even your land anymore. Even though I know that that they have rights. They know I know that they were colonized and it was stolen from them, and right now they're marginalized. They're shoved into into um, basically like little little mini sort of semi uh, uh, open prisons, basically like they're allowed to exit and whatever, but they're very much restricted um, in even their perception of their of their role in society. So the so what the Zionists want to establish as public opinion is the the Zionist occupation that they call Israel is legitimate. It's a real legitimate country. And the Muslims in Gaza and the West Bank are the aggressors. They have no claim to the land. They have no right to defend themselves because they are the they they have no rights whatsoever. They they have, they're not legitimate in any way, shape, or form. And they'll even say, "Hey, we." And I've seen lots of videos of this saying, "Hey, we offered, we let you have Gaza. We offered to give it to you, and you didn't accept this. And therefore, it's completely your fault. We are legitimate, and you are the ones who just can't get enough." So that's the public opinion that they're trying to establish. And they've done a great job establishing it with the, the, the evil people of this world. Okay, that's why, like I've said in previous videos, that this is a struggle between Iman and Kufr. And in that, it's a struggle between sincerity and insincerity. So even among the non-Muslims, insin the insincere, the people with corrupt hearts will be on that side. And the people with pure hearts will actually be on this side. When I see the videos of non-Muslims, I saw just a video today of a famous um, sort of comedian. He makes really dumb videos and really usually dirty and kind of like trashy jokes, I mean. Um, and he was just crying his eyes out. Honestly, like it was it was an honest, honest cry. I don't have the video here. Truly, deeply, he was crying his heart out because he was he was in so much pain over watching the babies, the dead babies in the arms of parents because he said, I just I just had a baby. And when I watch this, mm -hmm. I see my own baby. And it's just, 
It's just crushing for me. That's the reason, yeah. same th same reason why it's so crushing for me. Aside from the fact that this is my ummah, but also I have children, and now when I go, when I look at my children, all I see is the videos. I went to the, I when I go to the masjid, mm -hmm. I've been to the masjid a few times when there were Quran classes, and I just sit there for 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 the whole for an hour, hour and a half watching them, and all I see is the videos, right? And so that's the thing is that these these videos are it's really important for all of us to watch it for our hearts to be to for for all of the the crusting and the hardness to 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 shatter away and to feel this 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 concern for our ummah at all times. So that's the public opinion that they're yeah. trying to establish. What we're trying to establish... And, and, oh, and Mazin, do you mind if I just jump in on that point? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, like, and, and, and I was uh, actually delivered a khutbah at one of the universities, right? And um, one of the things was that, you know, again, and th this is not to, you know, uh, you know, dismiss other people's efforts, uh, but I've been seeing a trend on like healing sessions and and counseling and so on and so forth again i'm not gonna i don't know the ins and outs of it but um you know one of the things i noticed is that obviously people are feeling uneasy about this the, umma, the muslims are feeling very uneasy about it and and the thing is is that you should feel like that you should 100 percent feel upset uneasy unable to sleep unable to you know feel a sense of fever because the rasulullah is in a hadith that the likeness of the mu'minin that the, the likeness of the believers in their love for each other, their mercy with each other, and their emotions for each other is like that of one body. If one part of it is hurt, uh, the rest of the body is awake in, in fever and sleeplessness. So in, like, what, what my point is, is that like, we should feel like this. We should feel a sense of sadness and, and, and like, you know, what, are, what, what, what should we be doing? upset so on and so forth and not to say like the like the healing sessions or whatever that's being presented uh, like i don't know the ins and outs of it but it does seem that there are some in the muslim community seeing like you know what maybe we should be getting rid of these feelings maybe feelings like feeling like this uh is something negative but what i'm seeing is if the ummah and if, if that's how we're feeling we're, we're actually fulfilling this hadith of the prophet we are showing uh, the real reality of this hadith where we are feeling like a one body. Yes. And it's not unlike um, the... Uh, now, if people are needing to deal with the pain, but they're working as hard as they can to fix the problem, like even I found myself, to be completely honest, I kept on watching the videos and I don't allow myself to not watch. If I see a video, I'll watch the video and I'll keep on watching the videos. But uh, I think it was yesterday, yesterday or the day before, I think it was yesterday, I, I, I reached exhaustion. I found myself uh, just basically being so drained emotionally that I just, I didn't want to do anything. Like, not, not like I feel like giving up. I was just, just too tired. I, I, I needed to make a video in the evening because I'm trying to make a video every single day. I just couldn't. I was just completely exhausted. And so I realized that sometimes you need a break, but a small one. So yesterday I took a break. Today I'm, 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 I'm looking again because this is our ummah. And again, the, the example of it is you have a festering infection. Like you, you somebody sliced, just in, like... It's, it's just one part of your hand, if you were to even use a small example. Just this section right here. It's ripped, and it's festering, and it's, there's pus, and it smells bad, and it's, it's infected, and it's getting worse. What's happening in Gaza is getting worse. It's not like bandaged up and everything's okay, and now you just have to wait for it to heal. It's, it's somebody, there's like, you know, flies coming onto the, to, to, to the wound, and dirt is falling onto it, and garbage is on. You're just making it worse. And so what I say is, I'm going to just take lots and lots of tranquilizer so I don't have to think about this. 
if you're taking medication to lower the pain and you're cleaning it and you're doing everything and you're trying to find a doctor and the doctors aren't listening because this is the parallel. The doctors won't listen. The doctors are all working for somebody who wants you dead. And you're just calling out for somebody with a, with, with a soul, with a heart, with some sort of sincerity in their heart who's able to heal, which is the armies. And you're just calling out and calling out. The thing is that as long as you're putting in the effort, then that's what's now again the parallel falls apart here because i mean although you are obli obligated to, to cover this but the obligation to to do something for the for Gaza is, is significantly bigger and so the the fact of the matter is is that what we our concern for the ummah has to remain at 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 maximum right now if you need some time or you need to talk to people and whatever to kind of just be able to cool off a little bit to regain your strength mm -hmm. great but if you want to kill the pain so you don't feel anymore. So you can go back to enjoying your life. I even, by the way, in my household, and I tell people now, if with my children, I tell the kids not to laugh too much. And I remind them, our body is suffering immensely right now. We're not allowed to just, we don't eat as much. We don't play as much. We don't do as much fun stuff. The kids still, of course, they're children. So they play and they still have their video games. And they still run around or whatever. But if every once in a while, I'll remind them, our ummah is suffering immensely. Don't forget. Okay. And we calm things down. We have to always, we have to be in a state of sahar wal humma, right? We're staying up, we're sleepless, and we're, we're in a fever. All of us are in a feeling of fever right now, right? And that has to continue. Um, we're not allowed to, to, to just, you know, to just try to forget it at this point in time. Now, yeah, and again, yeah. That, and that, that would, that, that would imagine that would be an indication that we have iman, right? Because there's also some mathal al mu'minin. Exactly. So uh, if you're feeling that, then. Alhamdulillah, that shows there is, you know, there's a sign that inshallah we have Iman because of, because of the fact it's like a sort of like the, you know, the 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 the, the symptom shows the cause sort of thing. Like mm -hmm. the fact we're feeling like this. Alhamdulillah, this inshallah indicates we have Iman still. And, and the opposite, if somebody is completely unconcerned or like doesn't, you know, can just go on with his life and, you know, like as if it's the greatest days of his life, then that'd be concerning. Yeah. Yeah, JazakAllah khair. Now, the tactics... Um, now, by the way, now going to the Muslim uh, public opinion that we're trying to establish. Now, you'll find with the Muslims, there's a, there's a different um, uh, a different strategy. Or sorry, uh, sorry, there's different attempts at different public opinions that we're trying to establish. Muslims, some Muslims are trying to establish the public opinion that the Zionists are oppressive. Right? They're focused on, look at what they're doing, look at what they're doing, look at what they're doing. The second one is trying to establish, as if, as if the world doesn't know. But then the question there, it's as if that's an actual goal that we're trying to achieve. So that's that's one question. Are we just trying to achieve the... Because by, by saying that, you're saying we're trying to get the West to acknowledge that they're oppressive. That's, I think, what a lot of people are doing. We're having protests, we're showing videos, we're you know do, talking and discussing and debating because we want the West to know that they're oppressive. Hey, by the way, as, as if the West doesn't know. Wallahi, yani, this is something that I, you know, it's like, you know, what is it, uh, face, uh, face palm, you know, it's like where that video yeah. of those guys slapping their foreheads. It's like, you think they don't know? How can anyone think that they don't know? We know. How do they not know? Like, do you, do you, does anyone think that Trudeau and, and every single president and every single prime minister in the world doesn't know exactly what's going on? actually more insider detail than we would ever hope to, uh, to, uh, to achieve. 
But the thing is, is that yes, now the Zionists might not know or some influencers might not know. Yeah, fine. If you want to create awareness for that. But then again, what's the benefit of that? Because people think that by getting people on our side, we can pressure governments to get a ceasefire. So that's one thing that Muslims are trying to do. They're trying to create this environment of, hey, they're very oppressive, and let's get our these governments to put pressure in order to, to, to get a ceasefire. But the reality is the governments know already, and the governments are allowing it for a number of reasons. One of them, and I'm going to go into what, what the Zionists use to achieve the public opinion, but one of them is money. They're paying people off mm. in the hundreds of millions. They're just hemorrhaging money right now. With the, with what with with all of their work to make sure that public opinion is maintained in their favor, because they know the only way that this is gonna they're gonna be able to keep doing what they're doing is if the world believes that they're legitimate, and that the Palestinians are not. The, the Palestinians are the occupiers. That's actually what they're trying to do. They it's almost really. If you listen to their propaganda, you'll actually see that they are actually portraying the Palestinians as the occupiers. Right. And there and, and even the Christians, by the way, there's lots of Christians who say that this land belongs to Israel. Even one clown, I swear to God, this person looks like I, you, if you did a scan of their brain, you probably see like, you know, like uh, Atari where like you know, it's, it's Pong. There's like three, four brain cells bouncing around and, you know, hopefully it'll hit the corner. And so these, this one person said something along the lines of it's called Israel and we're, be we're the children of Israel. How can you not see that it belongs to us? no comprehension of the fact that you brought Israel after World War I and you started colonizing until you claimed that you established it in 48. So anyways, this, so that's, that's again, the propaganda and so on and so forth. So what Muslims are... Um, yeah. Just to interrupt, um, I was just wondering, I've seen lots of comments and questions just so... Are you going to get to them at the end of the show? or Yes. I, I do, I, I, this was just so that the viewers know, inshallah. Yeah. So, so far I've looked through the questions and I don't see anything that we... Um, need to address currently. Um, actually, here's one. Uh, let me let me let's go through this one really quickly. I want to kind of get through the the whole um, uh, layout of public yeah. opinion first. Um, but um, yeah, let's let's finish off this point and then we'll come back to uh, the. Okay, sorry the to interrupt. I just, no, no, it's no I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to, you know, let the you know the brothers and sisters who are commenting, uh, you know, just be aware. <laughs> but no, no, yeah, no worries. But yeah, we'll get to no, you, inshallah. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 go ahead and finish that. Sorry, I, I kind of stopped your train of thought no, there. No, but, no problem. Uh, so, but yeah, no, exa exactly, as you, as you said, uh, I mean, uh, it was just, uh, you know, this is a very good question, right? Like, because, like, honestly, there's, there's like, alhamdulillah, we have a active ummah. That's that's a fact, right? Mashallah. I mean, in Toronto, in Toronto, GTA, all over, there's like, there's, there's a protest, there's things happening yesterday, there's a big one in downtown today. So, definitely, you know, we can we can definitely acknowledge that Ummah, alhamdulillah, is is very active in, in this regard. Mm -hmm. But I guess, yeah, um, I mean, in terms of your question as to what is that public opinion we're trying to generate, uh, that the Ummah is trying to generate? Because, um, and, and as you're mentioning, because uh, as far as I know, yesterday, the, 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 there's like the general assembly and, and, and uh, they're overwhelming, gave a non-binding measure for a ceasefire, right? Uh, and then there's 14 that abstained. Canada is one of them. And and uh, sorry, there was like some numbers that abstained. Canada was one of them. And then the United States was, uh, you know, for 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 the uh, continuing uh, uh, aggression. So yeah. So the yeah. So the question you're you're asking here is that is is it as Muslims like what is it that uh, what what are we trying to expose the Zionists uh, for the for for the for the 
for the quote-unquote world to see so they can they understand how bad it is? Yeah, so so some Muslims are trying to put pressure on governments to force a ceasefire. But the, what they don't realize is that the West is complicit. Again, they are colonizers. They're capitalist colonizers. Our land is a dish, and they want to get as much wealth from it as possible. They want to get as much as much food as they can from it. Again, people will come and, and feast over you like people will feast over uh, like a table of, of food. Right, so the Prophet said that this will happen, and this is exactly what happened. They're just they want the oil, they want the resource. It's not just oil. There's huge resources in the region, the waterways, the airways. They want all they want control of all these things. We are a, a, an ummah of immense. The, we are the wealthiest ummah on the face of the planet by a very very great margin. If the Muslims were to unite from Maghreb to Indonesia, and for, from from Turkey down to the south of uh, of, of Africa. If these lands were to unify under a single Khalifa, absolutely it's the most powerful and wealthiest state in the world. So put away the power. It's the wealthiest um, collection of wealth in the world uh, by just an, an, an indescribable amount, an indescribable margin. The West knows this. So they need to maintain control of the Muslims and they need to maintain this idea that we're weak and that the West is right and that the Zionists are right. And again, but there's also other things going on because the West is paying them off. So the Muslims trying to pressure the governments to get a ceasefire. I understand that the that the objective is a good one because we just want the killing to stop, right? So that's that's fine, that's true. But they they do have these votes, and in the end, America vetoes and vetoes and vetoes. And even if they do order a ceasefire, if the Zionists don't want to, either the West has to condemn them as war criminals, or they have to say they have the right to defend themselves. So they're going to keep on doing this. The Zionists are not going to stop. Mm. So we have to understand that trying to shift yeah. public opinion in that regard is 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 wrong it's not the right thing to do because it means you don't really understand actually what's happening on the ground but it's still a good objective to have because we just want the most the, the killing to stop but you're going to literally the people behind all of this the people who set it all up the people who enable the whole entire thing and that's why um, then the next thing that the Muslims are trying to do in terms of create public opinion which is uh, that so this is one of the sort of smaller objectives, but this is a very, very important one, which is that uh, th that the struggle is not a nationalistic Gaza, Palestini, you know, an Ademi Palestini and a, and a flag. No, it's it's an Islamic problem. So the the what has to be recognized is that this is an Islamic problem, and this is an Islamic struggle. This is a what you like in English a religious, although we, you know the, the word Deen is is much broader and much more uh, much more detailed and deep. But this is an Islam versus kufr struggle. It's not uh, Palestinian versus, uh, you know, uh, Jew. Or like, it's, or, rather, it's not Palestinian versus Jews or or anything like that. It's it's Islam versus kufr. And so, what's what a lot of Muslims are doing very very successful. So this one has been very very successful, um, in in the general sense. Not a very specific. Not everybody really gets this. But it's been very. For example, actually, I have one video that I was uh, I was very surprised actually how successful it became. Um, there's a video that I have. It's called "No Palestinian State, No Palestinian Flag," and I know that I, when I made this video, I expected a backlash from Muslims because I do remember ten years ago, just just ten years ago, not even like twenty, twenty-five years ago when I first started. Ten years ago, if I said "No Palestinian Flag" right now, especially during the last time there was a conflict, people would immediately tell me to shut up. They would attack me and say that you know, what the hell do you know? Three hundred thousand views on this video, with 
at least 95. The only people that I'm seeing that are disagreeing, and, I'm, and, and there's, I think, I don't even know now, 4,000, 5,000 comments, 6,000 comments, almost 100% of them are in agreement. Everybody's saying that, yes, the nationalism is what destroyed us, and we need to unite as an ummah. A few people are throwing in saying that, well, we need to obey our rulers. These are just the leftover medkhalis who just haven't figured out their way in the dark, from the dark. And then you have a bunch of, of course, Jews and Christians saying that, you know, whatever, that, um, uh, you know, as they are going to, to say that, uh, no, this is not a religious thing. Uh, this is an, a nationalistic thing. But almost everybody among the ummah is accepting the idea. And like I'm saying, I'm going to the masjid. I'm talking to people that I know have been integrationists. They've been quite secular. And they are in 100% agreement. The problem is nationalism. But they say, we just can't talk about it in the masjid. Because this is not what we're focused on. This is not our project. There's a lot of youth. They might not get it. And of course, no matter how much I explain, they're not, they're not listening. But that's the, that's the second uh, element of public opinion that we're working on that has been huge in the Ummah today. Everybody sees, again, and, and, and you don't even have to explain it. Because you look at what's happening around the Muslim world. There are literally tens of millions of Muslims throughout the world especially in the Muslim lands, were going out in massive protests. Why? Because they're Palestinian? Like, if, if, like if, if right now, uh, like, if right now, wherever it is, do you see, do you see the Europeans going out in protests uh, for the Zionists? Because they love Israel? Because mm. they love Israel, don't they? You know, if, if we love Palestine, you love Israel. Why are they not going out in these huge protests to protect, you know, uh, so-called Israel? Because they don't care. Because they're not united. Because this is because not this is not not everybody is one with the Zionists, whereas we are one as an ummah, right? So this is one thing that has been very very successful. And the third one, and this is the one that matters. This is the actual one we need to be working on, which is the call for the armies to move. This element of public opinion is it's got two prongs to it. One is the ummah re knowing that we have to call the army to move. So we don't call for human rights. We don't call for anything else. We call, we, for, so the, the chants and the videos are focused on the armies need to move. All right, that's number one. The second prong is for the public opinion to exist in the armies that we can move. It's not as we need to move. They know that they need to move, to be honest. Honestly, I, I would say right now all of us were to take a tour through the military and not get arrested and shot for just approaching them. And just, just ask everybody, what, what are your thoughts? If actually, if they were to allow us just to walk in the ranks, I think that would change public opinion instantly. Because if everyone starts talking, they would say, oh my God, we all agree. They would just start, it, the energy would just go up and up and up until everyone would just say, let's move. But they don't allow anybody to step out of line. And that's why public opinion hasn't, maybe Allah hasn't shifted enough for an army to say, enough is enough. We have to break free. We're going to go and, and defend our ummah. But there's one, uh, so if, you might, if I can finish yeah, one last sorry, point, there's one more element yeah, to this that has to be understood that is a little bit missing. And this is a really, um, really big problem, which is that the Ummah has not yet linked the moving of the armies to the necessity of them becoming a Khilafah. The armies can't move unless they become a Khilafah, because if, let's say, the army of Yemen moves, like the Houthis, for example, or because the Houthis have shot, by the way, there were, there, were, there were news reports, the Houthis shot rockets towards the Zionist occupation, and they were shot down by Saudi. Okay, so traitors through and through. So imagine if the Houthis were to go and and just push through Saudi to get to Palestine and help Gaza. The um, the uh, I say Muhammad. The problem is that uh, they um, 
if they end up fighting the army of Saudiya, it would be the army of Yemen fighting the army of Saudiya. It would remain a nationalistic thing. If the Khilafah were to be reestablished, and that Khilafah, which belongs to all Muslims, starts pushing through, and they're saying, we're not Yemen. We are... Yani we are the, the, the we are the Khalifa and the and the Khilafa, then what would happen is the army of Saudiya would no longer be able to fight them as a nationalistic thing. They would have to fight them as a Khilafa. And the same for no matter where it comes from, right? If it comes from Iraq, if it comes from Turkey, let's say Turkey becomes a Khilafa and they want to go towards and then Jordan comes and steps in their way. If if Turkey, if the army of Jordan was ordered to go and fight, now of course this would be a, a weird situation. I don't think that this would still was, this would work anyways. But if there was some sort of an obstacle, the army of Egypt steps in the way and stops the Muslims of that are in the, what's so called Saudia, and they were to block them, and Saudi were to say we're not Saudi anymore, they see that they they say that we've thrown away the flag of Al Saud, we're carrying the flag of La ilaha illa Muhammad Rasulullah, we are one Ummah, you should join us. The army would almost certainly join, and if they didn't have that, the army of Egypt would very possibly fight them. To repel them, and that's the that's that's the key component. There's also one element more, which is that people have to understand that they have to trust Hizb al-Tahrir. This is a difficult one now. People don't. People feel like, oh, you're taking you're you're taking the opportunity to promote your group. No, Hizb al-Tahrir is the only group that has the complete clarity on exactly what a Khilafah has to be, right? And and that's another topic. Inshallah, I think we're gonna have. I'm gonna have this probably next week to talk about the importance of 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 sincere leadership. That has not changed the their dedication to the hukum of Allah Azza So these last two pieces are now problems that are missing in public opinion. One is that the Khilafah is necessary in order for the armies to move. And uh, although the armies still can move, but it's very important for the for the for it to be a move for Islam and not just an army going to liberate Palestine, because then you know then it could lead to civil uh, like armies, Muslim armies fighting Muslim armies. And the Ummah has a trust has been tahrir because if an army tries to make it a khilaf without crystal clarity on what the system looks like, then uh, it will fall apart, like many other attempts previous had fallen apart. Hmm. Yeah, no, Jokmullah Khairan, I mean, uh, that's uh, so in, 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 uh, in terms of, and, and uh, in terms of like, you know, this uh, public opinion, I think some of the, uh, I, I found, um, when we talk about this, and and, and like I've, I've heard from some some people saying, well, you know, you guys you guys have called the army to haven't answered yet, so see, like you know, Gaza is happening. You called the armies, they heard you, and they didn't do anything. So how would you respond to that? Like you guys went on the streets, you know, people in Jordan and and so on and so forth, and you know, there's there's been like chants on, you know, there's in Egypt as well, uh, you know, like for the, for the armies to move. They haven't moved yet. Now, some people I found are using this as a "told you so" moment. What, what would you say about that? If somebody came up to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam after he just returned from Taif and said, "I told you so," they're not going to listen. You need to stop doing this. All the tribes are going to reject you. You're going to them and you're telling them, "Hey, reject tribalism. Abandon your tribal leaders, who are your like uncles and grandfathers and the people who you respect the most." And you're saying, make me your leader. Let me bring some people from another tribe, a bunch of other tribes, and we're going to become your tribe now. Oh, and also tribalism is now abolished. And now we're just going to have a complete new system. And in one sentence, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi say to them, I call you to say, La ilaha illallah, and that, that I am Rasulullah, and you take me and make your leader and give me Nusra. And then somebody says, Ya Rasulullah, this is not going to work. It's, 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 they're going to reject you. And then so he gets rejected, gets rejected, gets, and then somebody says, see, 
I told you that they're going to reject you. Rasulullah wasn't doing it because, and Hizb al-Tahrir is not doing it because it makes sense. It's not that the minds of Hizb al-Tahrir have gathered in a, in a round table and with some mood lighting and, you know, put down lists of possibilities and the geniuses have come up. This is wahi from Allah Azza wa Jal. Rasulullah sought Nusra. We seek Nusra. That's how it works. You go to the military that already exists. You don't make your own. Rasulullah did not form his own military, even though he could have tried. He had Hamza bin Abdul Muttalib and Umar al-Khattab, the two leaders of the, the, the army of Quraysh. They were able to fight. Umar told Rasulullah, ya, ya Rasulullah, let me fight. Let us fight. And then Rasulullah, we've not yet been ordered to. We, this is not how you establish yani, political independence according to Wahi. You can establish it according to your own desires, and maybe you might succeed. But if you want Allah's nasr, if you want obedience to Allah, if you want the edge of Allah, and the status on Yom Al-Qiyamah, you do exactly as he says. We seek Nusra from the armies. If they reject it now, and they reject it tomorrow, and they reject it for the next 50 years, one day they're going to accept it, like today. And here's a really interesting thing. There was a, um, uh, let's say, I think it was like maybe three, four months ago. It wasn't even that long ago. I was having conversation, and I've had this conversation hundreds of times, not even just dozens, hundreds of times, where people will say, the, the distance between us and the army accepting this call is the distance between us and another galaxy. You're dreaming. We're, the, we're nowhere even close to possibly even traveling that far. We can't even reach the outside of our solar system, and you're talking about other galaxies. The army will never listen to you. Now, by the way, look at what happened with Gaza, and look how much Allah has shifted people's hearts. Look how quickly hearts shift. The armies are this close to moving. As far as I'm concerned, if you were to talk to any Muslim in the army, they feel almost, they feel the same as every Muslim who's outside the army. Do any this is why like it's just astonishing how people think that these the Muslims in the army are like another creation or are they different are they aliens or they're they're just all kuffar or something like this. They're 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 the same as us. You go to Jordan, they're the same guys in the street. They're they're the same guys. They go to the same guys in Saudi. They go home. They they go they go. They're not foreign mercenaries that were brought to be the military. Yes, they're ingrained and trained, but they're Muslims still, and therefore they're still affected. So they care. They're just as upset as everyone, but they're not able to express or do anything because they're trained to obey orders, and they're terrified, not just frightened. They're terrified of being court-martialed. They will immediately be imprisoned if they show any sort of, uh, of, of falling out of rank. In the military, it's completely different. Like for me, I don't have a rank. I don't have, I'm not in a, in a, in a block of, of soldiers. So I can, I can break rank because I have, no, I have no, 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 nobody in next to me that's ordered and I have to follow along and march with them. If I was in a situation where I was in the military and, I, and everyone's following orders, how would I be able to talk without just instantly getting taken and thrown in, in the brig, basically. And that's it. No one's, going to be, no one's going to be allowed to listen to me. And so everyone's afraid of that happening to them. So that's why nobody's able to... So that's why only Allah knows how they're talking to each other. Maybe when they go home, maybe at night they whisper to each other. But even then, maybe some spies are going to hear and these guys all right away. So that, there's that element of fear. But the point is, is that right now, in terms of the public opinion, the possibility of the armies moving is where it's so much closer than it, than it ever has been. Nobody can deny that. And so anybody who says they won't listen or it's a, whatever they might say with regards to the, how far away it is, no. You can see how Allah can change things in the blink of an eye.
It was only a few days. It was only a few days yeah. from the beginning of what of of after October seven. Right away, you saw people calling for the armies. Right away, you you heard about was what what that 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 the public opinion was shifted, and and you could feel the armies wanting to move. Right, and so, mm. so that's the thing is that we have. Yeah, to... and and that's a that's a that's a good point. And I think the uh, the thing the thing is like um, just to uh, talk about this topic. Uh, some thoughts. Number one um is that um like would wouldn't you say like because you know you said the first point about uh the ummah calling for international law and and what's it called and, and like you know these these so-called you know rules on geneva convention this and that right would you say that like because the way this is the way i'm thinking about it um is that the prophet in his time the when he was in, doing da'wah in mecca uh, there was a there was an Arabian the law of Arabia you know what what you can do what you cannot do um, as a matter of fact the Rasulullah had had that protection from Banu Hashim and the Quraysh the other tribes had to respect that that law that is there um, now the the way I understood from the Sira is that Quraysh uh, eventually started to transgress that law as well for example the boycott they did for three years. That was against the norms and the and the laws that the tribal system had. Um, at the end of the you know at the end of the uh, Meccan period, they actually attempted to kill the Prophet Sallam. And the way they they planned on doing that was uh, is to have twelve of the youngest uh, 12, 12 people from each of the tribes come and kill Rasulullah Sallam together, and 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 then they could say you know they they cannot take revenge. Um, the way I the way I actually understood is is that. Instead of us asking, like for us to ask for international law and so on and so forth and Geneva Convention, this and that, it, it would be similar to us to call to the, the tribal laws that was in Arabia prior to Islam. And what we find that Prophet he did was actually show that the, the bearers of that law, which was Quraysh, Quraysh was like the superpower in, in Arabia as far as Arabia is concerned, they started violating their own so-called laws right like they they had this date god then they were eating their own date gods so the way i see is like you know instead of us calling to these laws the the, the what muslims should do is to show that the international law uh the the united nations uh the geneva conventions all of these were particularly created for the the, the victors of world war ii uh to keep to maintain this world order and actually it's become and, and to make it clear that these these uh you know these laws and international laws xyz um are 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 are, are fake they they're used by the powers to condemn nations and peoples who go against their interests but when they violated themselves then they don't care instead of us calling them to you know be truthful and have taqwa and follow their own laws this is an opportunity for us to create the public opinion to show that this is the reality of this law the man-made laws uh, you know, those who made it up, they will sacrifice it immediately if it goes against their interests, right? Yeah. So, uh, do you agree with this point or not? Yeah, and uh, here's actually an interesting thing. I've had lots and lots of non-Muslims, uh, literally hundreds, if not thousands of non-Muslims commenting on all the videos that I've been making and so on. So I've had a lot of interactions with them. It's been very interesting because uh, they'll talk about, uh, you know, like uh, how to deal, like what, what are we suggesting and, and are you calling for the extermination of the Jews and is this anti-Semitism and so on. And an interesting thing is that we must, as Muslims, present Islam as the alternative. And in this particular case, what we can talk about is look at what we did for 1,300 and almost 40 years 
as rulers, or actually 1,300 and a little bit less than 40, about 30 years, of, as rulers over the area of Al-Quds and the surrounding region, which is the region called Palestine today. And look at what the Zionists did when they reached power. So the reality is that aside from Islam being the alternative system for mankind, Muslims are the alternative just rulers for mankind. What did America do when they went to Iraq? They completely annihilated the country. They, they took everything from that country. I'm from Iraq. Completely destroyed the country. It's just scraps. Everyone's just living on scraps right now. When they went to Afghanistan, annihilated the country. Everyone's living on scraps. When they went to Vietnam, every country, they turned Hawaii into, into just a tourist attraction. They turned uh, the parts of, of, uh, of Asia that they invaded into prostitution centers, right? Like they annihilate the places and they enslave the people and they put tyrants over them. When, the, when British and French, when they invaded the Muslim land after World War I, what did they do? Everything was, they took all the resources. They even have pieces of, of, of buildings in their, in their uh, of course, they took all the diamonds and the gems and the gold and everything like that, of course. And then even the Saddam Hussein, when they invaded Iraq, they took all the gold that they found in those containers and so on. They took it all. They didn't give it back to the people. The same with every country that goes into another nation. These people are unjust rulers. So Muslims are the alternative rulers of this world and if you want to see what muslims are like people tend to use the example of oh look at daesh and look at you know this this organization the reality is, is that we're talking about a khilafah we're not talking about a potentially compromised leadership you can't use anything since the fall of world war one because between then and now it's all been infiltrated because all the politics run on the basis of infiltrate put corrupt people at the top and then make the and then get what we want done that's how the west has they learned that this works perfectly today amazingly well some muslims are still con confused about daesh and whether or not the leadership was compromised right and that's how you like saudi how long has saudi been the islamic the beacon of islam in the world and yet they've been traitors since the 1970s oh sorry the 1700s sorry since the late 1700s until today they are, were traitors through and through without even a brief pause They've been traitors, and yet people saw them as an Islamic government. So that's what that's the thing is that um, uh, I said, Muhammad. The um, um, repeat your question one more time. There was a point that I yeah, uh, well, that, 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 that's exactly right. My point was the Prophet in Mecca uh, for the thirteen years he carried Dawah there. He the, the 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 what he did eventually was to like uh, in that struggle he had. It became known in arabia like this muhammad sallam and his companions uh they have this religion called islam they have the quran and they are standing up to the Quraysh, who are the the bearers of the of the kaaba and the Qurayshi and the arabian system and rasulullah in that 13 years you know sahabas got uh, some sahaba got uh, killed the shuhada uh they got boycotted they got all types of harm and ultimately what, what the way i view it is that uh, Rasulullah before he even met Ansar, uh, he basically was able to shift, like in Arabia, public opinion against what Quraysh was upon. And mm -hmm. and basically the fruit of that struggle made it such that when Rasulullah did go to the other tribes, um, like this was known that in terms of in terms of the you know the message of Islam uh, and, and and what the what the Arabs were upon before, uh, you know. At least in terms of as a message before authority, it has the the credibility, uh, and I think in terms of the way I the way I take from that is that in terms of today when we see 
like for example, like the rulers today who are, you know, who are sitting on the armies, who are sitting on the capability to go and intervene in Gaza, they're calling to the international law, they're calling to the United Nations, uh, so on and so forth, right? And actually, one of the things is that the Ummah needs to, you know, stand up to the rulers and 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 and, and expose them on this basis as well, which is that you know what is this you know, garbage international law or UN laws and all these types of things. Um, and and, and uh, so I, I think that is also part of the work of the public opinion is, you know, is to, uh, is to uh, you know, Allah says, is to reject the existing frameworks of laws, uh, which are man-made laws, and then believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah. Um, so that that is my main point when it comes to, um, you know, like, not just uh, that the Zionists are violating international law, is that international law is a farce that is used by the 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 the, the superpowers, and and as Muslims we should be aware of that, and and should never ever call uh, that the you know it's, I think you made a video before they'll they'll be laughing at us, yeah. uh, asking like while they're violating this law, killing civilians. Oh please use and obey your man-made international law that's my point yeah yeah jazakallah khair. that's absolutely true they the um and that's why like there's there's a lot of topics that have to be covered in terms of what sort of public opinion shift but the general public opinion that has to be shifted is that the west including the zionists uh including russia like east west but when we say the west we're talking about the capitalist you know dominant states um they are unjust rulers so if they were to completely apply their principles of freedom and so on and so forth, the world would be a, a much nicer place to be. But they break their own rules. They contradict their own rules because they are unjust people. They, they are horrible towards their own people, the black people, for example, in, in uh, throughout America. If you look at Flint, Michigan right now, they still don't have clean running water. They don't care about them. Right? The, the way that they constantly, police constantly treat their people. If you look at um, uh, throughout the West, throughout in Russia, throughout uh, China, these countries are unjust people. They are not good. Now, the person, somebody might say, going back to the, again, the whole thing about ISIS and so on, there's a few interesting things. One is ISIS is a tool, again, for public opinion against Muslims, just like I mentioned Saudi by making Islam look bad. They use ISIS to make Islam look bad. They'll, they'll, they'll talk about Taliban not allowing girls to go to school to make Muslims look bad. Their goal is not, they don't care about the facts. The goal is to control public opinion. And that's why it's important to understand what they're doing right to understand what we should be doing which is we should what what public opinion should we be forming now what's interesting is there's a public opinion that's been forming due to the likes of khabib right muhammad ali people who are principled khabib has done uh, some pretty amazing things actually among the non-muslims uh, one of the one of the most wonderful things he's him and his brothers and those who are in his kind of circle um is people see what a principled muslim looks like Right. Joe Rogan commented on this just a few days ago, and he's saying these these fighters, fighters like Khabib and, and his brothers and, and, and people like him, it's not just their technique that gets them to win. These are people that are so dedicated to their beliefs, so sincere in their commitment, that it's almost like God has a purpose for them greater than what they're doing. Something along those lines is what he said. So the thing is that people are looking at Muslims, and I, I go, I train Muay Thai. And when I go to my Muay Thai, uh, the, the facility, the guy who runs it is a big, huge Russian guy, really, really nice guy. We, we have a really good relationship. And he loves Muslims. He has so much respect for them. And for the same reason, he says that you people, like Muslims, are so principled 
When you fight, you don't fight to show off. You don't fight to be tough. You fight because necessity, because that's what we're talking about. I was saying, like, I'm training because of necessity. Somebody might attack my family, and one day I might have to go and defend my ummah. I have to be physically strong, and I have to be able to, to defend myself. The, the, the ideals that we have, the commitment that we have, he says that he, there's, he, nobody's like this. He even says about his own Christian belief. Uh, he's, I um, um, forget what the Greek, uh, what is it, Orthodox? I forget which one it is. Orthodox. Yeah. yeah. Orthodox. Eastern Orthodox. Probably. Eastern Orthodox, that's right, yeah. And, uh, and so even he's saying our people have no, no, no principle stand on these things. Like he's trying, but he's like, our, our people are not at all like this. And again, you hear what Andrew Tate said and whatever. It's all repeating. Everyone's realizing these things that Muslims, and that's what brought Andrew Tate uh, may Allah Azra strengthen his understanding and refine his behavior, inshallah ta'ala, uh, soon. Uh, but that's the thing is that we have yeah. to have uh, this, like we have to, we, we're seeing a shift in public opinion that Muslims are starting, people are starting to realize good Muslims are very, very reliable and principled people that will not compromise on justice no matter what. And that's, we again, just examples, like a small example like Khabib, he doesn't, uh, uh, like even he says, oh yeah, so the example that Joe Rogan was talking about, where he was saying that, uh, like, for example, because we have so much respect for our elders, when he gets into a limo or a car, uh, he's Khabib, the world champion, the undisputed greatest MMA fighter in history as far as everyone's concerned. Some people might debate that, but really, everyone knows Khabib is the greatest so far. When he gets into the car, his brother sits in the front seat. And it, when his dad was alive, his dad sits in the front seat. He sits in the back because he's the younger one. And he, 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 if his older brother talks, he, his older brother talks, he does, he stops talking this, this principle, like he's not like I'm Khabib. He, there's no cause because Islam has, re, has refined his behavior and, and restricted it according to the akhlaq and the ahkam of Allah Azza So people are realizing this is so the, the public opinion. And this is what we have to continue working on. And people don't, may not believe it because people have to begin to understand Muslims are principled people. We are a principled leader, actually, even with Hizb tahrir People, we have to build public opinion that people understand that Hizb tahrir is principled. Here's an interesting thought, by the way. I want to touch on this really, it just dawned on me. Um, I'm going to make a separate video about this. Uh, it just dawned on me a few, a few a couple of hours ago. Um, 1,400 and something years of Salah, according to the form of Ahab, we haven't changed a single fraction of an element of it over time. Why is it that we haven't changed? It's not just because Islam is unchangeable. No, because we, it's an opinion where we put our hands and what time is Asr and how wudu works. And there's tons of things that we disagree on. There's so much room for, for ikhtilaf within the madahib that we should have, because, you know, human thoughts or whatever have gone into it and messed it all up. And so how is it that when we determine the hukm of Allah Azza wa we stick to it for, for millennia? And we just don't change it anymore. It's not because we're rigid. or It's because we know our evidences. Once you're sure of your evidences, it doesn't change anymore. All the groups that change over time, it's because they don't know their evidences. They'll compromise. They'll start saying, okay, we have to work with this, or we have to work with this government. Al-Ikhwan Muslimin, for example, may Allah reward them for their attempts and their intentions. Inshallah, because Rasulullah said, if the mujtahid performs his jihad and reaches the correct conclusion, he gets two ajr. The wrong one, if he reaches the wrong conclusion, he gets one ajr. We hope that all of our brothers get one ajr, and they hope that we hope that they all uh, enter Jannah and they get great reward for their for their efforts. But the problem is, over time, they changed. The end of the Khwan Muslimin was not the same as the beginning of it. 
is because they weren't clear on their evidences. And every group has the same problem. So that's why I was thinking to myself is that with Hizb al-Tahrir, we know our evidences and that's why we don't change. People have actually attacked us. I remember even some people who studied with the Hizb early on, they said, you guys are too rigid. You know, you have to change. You have to try something else. Brothers come to me in the street when I'm handing out leaves that are discussing the, the ideas. They come and say, you know, you guys don't change. You're too rigid. And the answer is no. I, when I pray my salah, I'm not too rigid. I know my evidences and that's why I don't change my salah. We know the evidences for the Khilafah and how to achieve it and how to implement it when, we, when, when it's established. And that's why we don't change. We know our evidences. That's the thing that, that, that we have to create a public opinion, not just, again, but I'm talking like for the, for the Ummah to recognize we are the world's principled just rulers. We are the Ummah. Because we know the Quran and Sunnah, we refer to the Quran and Sunnah in such a principled way, that's what makes us great. It's not because we're great people. It's not because Khabib is a great guy. It's because Islam makes him great. Because he actually submits himself to the Quran and Sunnah. You submit yourself, meaning you just give in. You say, okay, I'm going to do whatever Allah tells me. You no longer follow. You, you can't be oppressive anymore. Because you just, you, you're, it's not you deciding anymore. It's the Quran ordering you around. And you're just a slave to it. Right? And that's how it works. That's why... The world now, that's why, and going back to the point I mentioned about the non-Muslims who've been messaging me, what I say is, it's not about killing the Jews or exterminating them or defeating the, even the Zionists. Aside from the Islamic ruling, which is that once the land has been ruled by the Khilafah, we're not allowed to ever give it away again and accept anyone to take rule over it. But the Zionists have proven themselves to be merciless, bloodthirsty, unjust people unjust rulers they don't deserve they don't they should not be allowed even for non-muslims they should not be allowed to reach a position of ruling ever again for the rest of time because they are the equivalent of a rapist being a principal a child molester actually being a principal in a school or a rapist being allowed to run amok in a city if you have a guy who's a child molester what do you do you don't they don't always kill him they put them on a registry, they put them on a map, they put them under surveillance, they put them in anything, and they put them under control. He's never allowed to, be, to reach positions of authority or leadership in any sort of situation where you can hurt people. The Khilafah has always done this with criminals. You have a people who are, who are problematic, you just make sure that they live a good life. The state controls them and manages them and makes sure that we, will, we are the good people, we make sure that everyone's okay, you will just have to live you'll be restricted for the rest of your life because you're a criminal person. You spread criminality and corruption wherever you go. The Zionists are a criminal corrupt movement from day one, since Herzl time. By the way, they were an atheist movement in the very beginning anyways. They're not, they're not people who believe in, in, in the Torah and they refer to it. No, they just simply wanted to, to take this land based on, an, on, an, on a concept that they, 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 that they have the right to it. And so these are, these are, these are people who, that the world needs to understand that not just them, but the West just like them, and our own rulers the same. They are all part of the same group, unjust people that do not deserve to rule and should never be allowed to rule ever again. And the only people who have the will and the capability and the justice to completely put these people under control is the Muslims under a Khilafah. Once the Muslims reach hmm. a position of power, we will be able to, to demonstrate to the world what a just ruler actually looks like, a ruler who, it'll, it'll be shocking. People will see, like, just uh, the other day I was talking to my, uh, my um, a family member who didn't even know the story of Amr al-Khattab when he entered Al-Quds. It's a, an amazing, beautiful story 
where uh, everyone everyone probably here knows it. But for those who don't know it, I'm just going to uh, mention uh, briefly uh, what the um, story is. Amr al-Khattab, when he reached, basically when the, when Amr al-As and Abu Ubaidah uh, had, had reached Palestine, Al-Quds, uh, they, they, were, they spent four months trying to enter the city. And they weren't able to. Finally, the leader of the city came out and said, I'll, we'll, we, we'll surrender, but only if you bring Amr al-Khattab. And so Umar agreed. It's a long story. Uthman said no. Ali said yes. Umar decided to go out with an army. He put the army at the Golan Heights and he entered in towards uh, Al-Quds. When the person came out, again, we know that the story, but it's such a beautiful thing. But Allah chose for the timing of Umar's riding on the camel because he was with his camel and he would take turns with his servant. So one time his servant, for a while, like let's say for half an hour, his servant would ride, then for half an hour, or let's say an hour. So when he reached the city, it was just coincidentally his servant's turn to ride on the camel. So he enters. So as he's about to enter, the servant said, Ya, uh, ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, please get on the camel because you should enter as, as Amir al-Mu'mineen. He told him, no, it is your turn. We'll enter the city as, as, as our turn. There's no reason for me to get on the camel. And so he walked in and people came in and the leader of the city came in and starts talking to the servant. And so the servant says, this is Amir al-Mu'mineen, not me. And so um, they were again stunned and shocked by the justice of this man. Like, what, what, what makes you like this? Interesting. There's a little small um, about this, a small side issue about this. What happened was Asha Abu Abaydah, radhiAllahu uh, anhu, came to Amr, Amr uh, again, radhiAllahu anhu, and told him, "Yeah, Amr, why did you do that? You could have rode in as the ruler of the Muslims." Amr punched him in the chest and told him, "Yeah, Abu Abaydah." I wish someone other than you said that. Yani, I'm so disappointed in you. And that's where he said his famous saying. He said, We are a nation that has been given dignity and honor only with Islam. If we seek honor, even something as simple as getting on the camel, that's, an, that's I'm seeking honor through other than Islam. Does Islam say that you belong on top of a camel? Does Islam say that the Khalifa should be on top of the camel? Does Islam say anything about this is a dignified thing? He said that if, you, if we seek dignity in anything at all, Allah will, will humiliate us. He has such a crystal clear understanding of what was correct in terms of Islamic leadership. And there are Muslims among us who have that. People say, oh, no, we're about Umar. No, you're completely wrong. There are great Muslims who, who embody this. But they won't shine today because they're not in positions of ruling. And so this is the public opinion that we have to establish, which is that Muslims are an Islam. So Islam is the alternative system, which is the system of justice, and Muslims are the alternative rulers. And we are the people of justice in this world today. Um, so now there is a um, comment. Somebody said, Hizb uh, al approached Khomeini and advised him about his belief in politics. Um, it's narrated in the book of uh, Party of Liberation by Rida Pankhurst. And uh, now I'm not sure if you're saying this is a good thing or a bad thing, um, but uh, just to quickly touch on that, Hizb uh, al-Tahrir, our responsibility as da'wah carriers is to approach um, uh, anybody and everybody who claims to be an Amir al-Mu'mineen, a Khalifa, and so on, and to, to establish. Now, there's a bit of an element to it. I don't want to go into much detail, but uh, a lot of people today just don't know. Again, people just don't know what things were like then. There was no internet you know, there was no uh, social media. There was newspapers, basically. Newspapers and televisions. Public opinion back then, going to the topic of public opinion. Public opinion back then, even in Iraq, and again, I'm from Iraq, so I knew about this. 
Public opinion was that Khomeini was establishing an actual Islamic government. This idea, by the way, that Khomeini is a kafir and that Shia are enemies and Iran is so isolated, that wasn't like that back then. My mother is a Sunni, my father is a Shia. My two-thirds of my family are Shia and one-third is Sunni. Back then, Sunnis and Shia mixed together, lived together. It was it was not it's an it was a non-issue, right? It it wasn't like today where there's this enmity and hostility and so on. So back then, in Iraq, public opinion was that Khomeini may have established an actual Islamic government. So when Hizb al-Tahrir went to go approach him, it was on the premise that people are actually under the impression that he's actually a Khilafah, an actual Islamic government. The same as when Taliban. You know, some people might complain about why do you go to Taliban? And some people might say, oh, they have different, different opinions or grave worship. Well, who knows what kind of silly people th things people throw around. But the point is that everybody who claims to be a Khilafah, Hizb al-Tahrir, if, if they have some sort of relevance and significance, some guy in, like in, a, in, a, in, a, in his backyard is like, I'm the Khalifa, I'm the Khalifa. We're not going to approach that guy. But if somebody has some relevance or significance, Hizb al-Tahrir will approach them and talk. And so um, that's the reason why Hizb al-Tahrir approached him. Um, regardless of whether people say he was a kafir or no, the point is public opinion was in his favor. And so Hizb al-Tahrir went to go meet with him to prove, because again, you, we, you can go and say he's a kafir, he's a kafir. But the point is people didn't believe that. And so when you go and approach him and say that, you, this is what you have to do to, to make it into a khilaf and he says I'm not going to change this he remains within man-made law and he even said by the way at, in the last meeting with the Hizb he said that it's not in my hands he said it's not in my hands to change anything right? because he was an American puppet so he, we left and the Ummah now knows he's an American agent he has, he's not sincere he's, he's established a nation state etc etc he's not a khilaf and it, a lot of people turned around and realized okay you've proven it now right? so it was, it was actually a successful meeting because the objective was not to, to call him to become the Khalifa. We knew he was a traitor before we even went. The goal was to get public opinion turned against him by as many people as we can. And it worked. You have to do public activities to create public opinion. The same thing with Qaddafi. Qaddafi did his little uh, green book. The Hizb went and made a public statement and met with him and made a public issue about that this book is a book of kufr. You have to retract it. He killed them. He executed them. Public opinion shifted against him. Everyone realized he was a kafir. And there's no excuse now, right? So these are the things that uh, that that the Dawah carriers will do as sacrifices in order to, to shift public opinion. On the topic of public opinion, I know I've been talking for a while. Public opinion actually is one of the hardest things for people to understand. Um, for those who don't know Hizb Tahrir, there's we have halqas. Anybody who want, who who wants to carry this Dawah, they have to study in the halqa to become competent in the details of how the world works and how the systems work and how Islam functions and the systems of Islam and the thinking of Islam and so on. And so, including things like the understanding of the aqidah and things like al-qadr and all elements of Islam. And so, when um, um, uh, one of the things I find to be a bit of a problem, and actually it's a significant problem, um, or not a significant problem, but rather it's a, it's a big obstacle that I always find, is when I'm teaching the, 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 the brothers who are studying and they're growing and they're becoming more competent dawah carriers, at some point in time I'll start explaining what public opinion is. And it's very, very hard to get most people to understand what, what public opinion is. And that's why, as an ummah, we have to learn what it is and understand that it's not the same as teaching individuals. And the reason why it's so hard to understand is because everyone thinks you fix the individual, you fix society. But that's not how it works. You Sometimes you fix public opinion, you fix everybody in, in the whole society. In one shot. Earlier, somebody asked a question saying that, well, you know, the armies, uh, there's some jahili among them and there's some bad behavior, some fasiq Muslims and, and even hypocrisy or some even may not even be a Muslim anymore. And so how would you fix all these people? 
And so people think, oh, you have to fix every individual one of them. Every single one of them has to become like a Sahabi before we can take Nusra from them. That's not true. You just need to shift public opinion where people realize that it's not okay to not be a good Muslim anymore. They're going to feel pressure like, I got to be a good Muslim too. I've seen it so many times. Right now, public opinion is that you need to be a better Muslim. But just by watching what's happening in Gaza. Public opinion right now. I've heard of things like boyfriend, girlfriend, Muslims, they won't even go near each other anymore. Girls are now wearing hijab. Uh, people are staying away from all sorts of things that are questionable, not even just haram. This situation has created a public opinion that we need to be better Muslims. That's just something as simple as that. Look how many people have become better Muslims due to just an emotional focus on a disaster. Now you create an emotional focus on a responsibility or a disaster of Jahannam, again, but it has to become public opinion. You can't keep on focusing on individuals. Individuals, it's a, it's a separate act. You do it. It's a necessity. But it's not all there is. You, public opinion, that's why when we talk about establishing the Khilafah, not everyone has to be great under the Khilafah. Public opinion has to be in favor of living under a Khilafah. That's all that's needed. People just have to want to obey the laws if it's a Khilafah instead of rebel against it. Once the Khilafah is reestablished, public opinion in the society will change so quickly. Everybody's going to want to be a better person because they're going to start looking up to the leadership. If they see good in the leadership, if they're going to they're start wanting to be better people and make society a better place as Muslims, because this is an Islamic society. This is a Khilafah. And so that's the importance of public opinion. Now, um, uh, Khalid, tell me some of your thoughts, actually, about the, the topic of um, what the Zionists use as tools to, to, to shift public opinion in their, in their favor, and what Muslims have been using throughout the world of um, uh, what we use to shift public opinion. What are your thoughts on that? Well, we've been seeing uh, a lot of pages being deleted, right? Um, Hizbut Tahrir had several pages uh, on uh, on Facebook, Instagram, all of them deleted. Um, no warning, just deleted. Many prominent Palestinian uh, groups, uh, Quds Network, and then there's other Palestine Eye on Palestine with millions of followers. And and we all know, like, you know, anybody who does social media work, it, it is painstaking to get a following. And and, and get your page. It, it, it's, a, it's a huge effort and a lot of time and money and effort is put into that. Um, in a blink of an eye, just deleted, gone. Um, so we, what we've been seeing is that um, due to the fact the, in, the, the impact public opinion has on, on people as, 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 a, as a whole, um, what we're finding is one of the tactics used is, is by these companies, which, which are supposedly... Uh, you know, supposed to represent, you know, free speech and, um, you know, like you can have your opinion, so on and so forth. Um, magically erasing uh, anybody, the, the, the opinions that will, that will go against the, the Zionist narrative. Um, so uh, this has become a new uh, a reality. Um, and, and ultimately, uh, what, we, what we find is there's, there's a, this, like the, there, there's still some, perhaps some platforms, perhaps Twitter, is still, um, you know, Elon Musk maybe has, you know, uh, put his uh, the the, the his, his uh, staff down on being, uh, being, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, like a vanguard for free speech. But even there, there's been questions on, you know, certain people will follow a page and suddenly they're not no longer following it anymore. Um, so, so in terms of what it is, is um, like, you know, aside from the the blackout in the news, uh, we've seen Subhanallah. Uh, the attack on on the families of, of reporters 
these the the the, the famous reporter while uh, Dahdu, uh, if I'm saying it right, his name, uh, they, they, they struck and killed his uh, wife and his kids. Um, and because why? Because he's reporting um, on this. Uh, as a matter of fact, subhanAllah, I think this uh, actually went against them because this, uh, mashallah, I would call him a hero uh, because, uh, you know, he said these are not, when he was crying, he said these are not tears of, of being uh, in defeat, but rather these are just tears of um, of being a human being. And he actually went back to work the next day. Uh, so we can see these the, the, the Zionists are ultimately really trying to shape the discourse. We've seen, um, you know, Canada where you're supposed to be able to uh, protest and all these types of things. We've seen pretty much across the board, whether it be uh, the, the municipalities, whether it be the province, uh, federally, um, although they haven't banned the protests outright like they did in France and Germany, uh, there's been... Uh, They've, they've called these protests um, hate protests. Uh, um, you know, they've, they're insinuating these are, um, you know, are there to make certain people in Canada feel threatened. So you could see the words that are being used um, by the power structures. Um, and ultimately what you find is that um, the, the power structures have a vested interest in the Zionist uh, occupation uh, of, of, of redefining the, the conversation from what it actually is, which is a a a a, a, a air force that, that is just bombing indiscriminately killing civilians, into something which 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 are like uh, side issues, which are uh, matters of like you know uh, you know in, in the West, uh, you're making maybe certain people feel threatened and 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 not feeling welcomed, and so you can see there's a huge attempt to to change the 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 framework of the discussion. Um, so I would say that's that's in terms of the the, the, what we're seeing in terms of the Zionist attempts uh, to to stifle the discussion on their crimes. Yeah. Now, um, uh, before, your... before we get to the yeah. Palestinians, um, so uh, yes, I definitely agree. I see a lot of um, uh, attempts to uh, block content and um, uh, and even, by the way, one thing that's interesting is a lot of people have pointed out we're seeing thousands of images and videos of Palestinian children being killed, and you don't have any content at all any videos of children being hurt by the palestinians even though you're painting them as monsters and their their response was we know that these social media outlets are going to ban it anyways they're going to block this content they're not going to allow it and therefore we're not going to post it the reality is they don't have anything right so that's the thing is that they're they're, they're always trying to manipulate so their strategy and that and that's i think the core primary difference between the, the zionist strategy and the muslim strategy we our strategy is by pointing out what's actually happening their strategy is trying to manipulate the facts. And so what they're doing is they're actually trying to buy people's loyalty. Here's a video um, that I want to show you that is uh, this one, um, uh, if you want to call him an $5,000. Hold on a second. And uh, let me pull up the um, video. All right, so take a listen. I hope this is not too loud for everyone, uh, <laughs> everyone listening. Is what I was just offered $5,000 is what I was just offered to pledge my support to Israel. This Zionist organization emailed me this morning and they said, we have been following your content on TikTok and appreciate your passion for the Middle East. Our organization, which seeks to help understanding, would like to offer you a sponsorship opportunity. We have noticed your support for the Palestinian cause and we respect your dedication to important issues. However, we believe that there may be some misunderstandings and misperceptions regarding Israel and you have fallen for the lies of the rabid dogs. What the fuck? 
We are willing to offer you $5,000 to go live and pledge your support for Israel. We aim to provide you with resources and experts who can make you see the truth. Your voice is influential, and we believe it's essential to not spread the lies of terrorists on accident. We look forward to working together to promote greater truth in the world. This is horrible. I've seen other creators so, talk about how they've been... The, the, um... Uh, and 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 he mentions, by the way, actually in the, in the continuation, I shouldn't have uh, should have let it go for a little bit longer. I was just worried he's gonna start swearing a lot because I think he swears a lot towards the end. But he says a lot of other influences have actually pointed out the same thing: that a lot of people are getting offered a lot of money. And I noticed that there's a lot of people who weren't really commenting, and suddenly they're promoting the Zionist uh, occupiers like crazy. And again, somebody says I'm gonna offer you five thousand dollars. Why would you say no if you have no principles and you have no position on it? Oh, sure, I'll take it. I'll say some nice things. So when you see the rulers who are saying we stand with Israel or that they have the right to defend themselves, you have to ask yourself, how much would they pay to say that? It could have been a million dollars. They would have, somebody said, I'll, we will give you one, and depending on, depending on their person's status, right? So somebody like Justin Trudeau, maybe it's a million, maybe it's two million, who knows? And of course, he wants that money. And that's why he says very emphatically that the Hamas are terrorists, because he has none to lose. Who cares? I say this now, I get my million, and then tomorrow I go visit a masjid and say, sorry guys, you know, I was, I was misguided, and I now see the facts, and I now realize, please vote for me again. He'll get his money, and then he'll fool uh, a few Muslims. Alhamdulillah, Muslims have, have gotten better politically in terms of their political awareness. So that's the thing. So they use misinformation and propaganda. They're always manipulating things, and they try to black out and block, uh, like anybody who's, been, who's on Facebook and on Instagram and so on, you, you, people have noticed that um, they just went in, they just started deleting everyone's posts. Brothers woke up. I saw online. Like, it was a weird day. I think it was the day before yesterday. It was weird. I was like, I opened up my feed, and it's just like everybody's comments are screenshots of, like, walls of content removed, content removed, content removed. Right? I don't know if you went through that. For me, I noticed that ever since I changed my name to Arabic, that I'm off the radar for some, for some reason. I, I hope it stays that way. But that's the thing is that But when I had my name in English, I got banned. I had, like, seven accounts banned one one by one one by and i kept, I kept on having to start over and start over and like you said it's exhausting like i built up i had a following of about fifteen thousand people on facebook and then uh it just uh, they deleted it so i'd start over again and start over again over and over so they use that they use uh public statements that i just mentioned so the reason why they're spending all this money on every because even by the way they have uh, uh, like advertising campaigns i've seen it actually on i think it was on instagram I, because again, when I'm searching to search terms to see theirs, they actually have advertisements that say all the governments of the world have stated that they support Israel. And then they'll play video after video after video. And they'll show, see, the world is on our side and therefore we must be right. And Hamas must be wrong because that's how they ship public opinion. They say, well, see, because most people don't have information. So they say, well, see, everyone already agrees. So we must be right. And that's how they control uh, public opinion. Um, and then... Um, and that's basically the main the main thing that they actually do. That's that's uh, it's through paying people off and through manipulation and lies. Mm. Now thoughts on the Muslims? How do what do we do for public opinion? Yeah, so uh, my my point is quite uh, you know for for I would say in terms of um, so like we'll start with the with the Muslim lands. Uh, I remember when I visited one of the Arabic countries. Um, uh, I noticed. Pretty much most people are at the cafe, they're watching Al Jazeera like 24-7, right? So the thing is, uh, I noticed in the Muslim lands, um, uh, what it is is these, you know, when, even though there's these different nation states, 
Um, the way the way the ummah is, they're connected with these issues as as an ummah issue. This is this is like this is without a doubt. Alhamdulillah, it's a blessing from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Uh, one thing I, I would say is this is this is something is very key point is that every country in the Muslim lands they are they they each ruler he's created a narrative of who the good guys are and who the bad guys are. Uh, in Egypt, it, the bad guys are Ikhwan Muslimin. The good guys are the military uh, and and the civil people. In Pakistan, you know the bad guys are Jamaat Islam. Uh, you know um, Hizb Tahrir, maybe uh, Tanzim Islam, like a bunch of groups. And the good guys are the R.O. What's it called? Imran Khan is also a bad guy. The army is a good guy. Um, in, in in Jordan, I'm sure there's a similar setup as well. Uh, every country has Saudi uh, or sorry, Saudi is uh, uh, Khawarij. There's always a yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so what you, what you notice is every country they made an enemy within within their nation state, and that's who the. I remember I was watching like one of the Egyptian TV shows, and it was about, uh, you know, about what happened in the in the elections, and they really pointed out like you know this is the the biggest enemy the army in Egypt has. You know what what was happening in terms of the the connivingness of of, of them trying to go into the elections. This was like. You know uh, the the ikhwan so on and so forth. Anyways, the the point is, Subhanallah, Gaza. What has what it has done to the rulers in the Muslim lands is made an external enemy for the Ummah, and there is no doubt about it. Uh, there is no there is no two Muslims in any of these countries. I would say this is a design is an occupation. It is an enemy of the Muslims. It is killing Muslims and. We as an ummah together, whether the civilian or the militaries, this is this is a duty for us both. So what has happened is, in terms of public opinion, is that the rulers they're in a, they're in a huge problem. They're they're in a huge conundrum because, like, what do they do now? How do they reshape this 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 uh, this discourse, this framework that um, all wall soldier, your enemy, uh, like, is, is no is is if if this soldier has you know as I said like this framework they've created that where their enemy are is their own people now it, it's it's somebody else it's an external um you know occupation external enemy um so what what i believe this does to the streets and the public opinion is that um it 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 breaks that 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 uh that the previous idea that you know the the enemies of the muslims are each other or or this particular group that group so what I, what i think is happening now is the 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 rulers they're they're trying to you know the reason why they want to ceasefire or whatever is not for the good of the people of Palestine. It's because for them, the longer this goes on, uh, the more the their, their narrative breaks down. You know, I don't I don't show you except what I see. So this whole the the reason for a lot of these rulers, their legitimacy is that they're protecting the people from you know extremist Muslim groups and so on and so forth. And now they can't hold on to this anymore. So that's my first point. Uh, I don't know if you agree with that before we get to the the more or like the West and stuff and the Muslim in the West. But do, do you think this is accurate or not? That's, I that's, wanted your opinion on yeah, this. Yeah, that's an exceptional point. Honestly, it's um, it's it's very, very true. Allah uh, Yeah, no, it's... Um, uh, so yeah, continue. Yeah. So, and, and in terms of the West, what I noticed is that um, like... Uh, you know, uh, this is an issue which all groups of the Muslims, you know, maybe a Sufi leaning or maybe a Salafi leaning, everybody has agreed. Like there is so so clear cut text on 
uh, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calling the ummah to defend each other, to protect each other, uh, to safeguard each other. And, um, you know, so this issue has brought us together much closer, alhamdulillah. Um, we see the, the, the bravery of the Muslims in Gaza. Uh, and so what this does is that a lot of the, the fraction, the, the, the factionalism, it, it, is, it is broken down. Well, we can have our differences in, in certain aspects. Islam has a, has, a, has, a, has a door of differences of opinion. But uh, when it comes to the core issues, when it comes to the issues of the Muslim identity, uh, the wala and bara, who we should support, who we should be disavowed from, the plots of the kuffar, the, the plans they do against the ummah. So now this has become uh, very clear for, for every Muslim and uh, Muslims in the West as well. And I noticed there was, a, there was a, you know, as we know in Canada especially, there was a deep reverence for the Liberal Party, for example. There is deep reverence for, uh, you know, uh, the so-called good they've done. And the fact is that, you know, uh, you, know you cannot speak anything bad about, you know, uh, about the, 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 the government, so on and so forth. Alhamdulillah, this has been broken. Now, you know, we saw, you know, Trudeau, uh, he was rejected at four massages, four masjids, which, are, which usually would entertain politicians. Uh, four of them rejected. One did accept. And the one that accepted the Muslims over there, alhamdulillah, they said, shame on you, you know, you're partners with the Zionists and so on and so forth. So alhamdulillah, what I've seen is that uh, Muslims in the West are, are taking a second look at this so-called maslaha benefit, benefit, benefit over harm Islam that uh, we've been fed for the last 20, 30 years. Uh, that this is this, this maslaha, what's the maslaha? Uh, you get a Muslim in, 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 to become an MP. Uh, there was one in Canada, she just said, uh, you know, she just said that you know the, the Zionist entities is a, is a, is is committing crimes. Uh, she got removed from her party. Um, so, actually, so the question is like, Muslim, yeah, but there's yeah. actually a really interesting point here that um, it's so bad that there's a brother locally here. Uh, his name is Araj Anwar. Uh, I've known him for years, and he's a very nice brother, very good and very knowledgeable. And he was working as a volunteer chaplain, um, and I think he gave talks and and, and gave advice and so on. At, uh, uh, at the University of Western Ontario here in London, my city. And he made a, he made a tweet uh, or some sort of uh, public social media thing. I think it was a tweet uh, where he said something about the, that the Zionist claims uh, about, I think, he made, I think either he was talking about the 40 babies or something were debunked, right? Through multiple sources. And it was just like a relatively innocent comment. He was fired, right? And so now... Of course, there's a whole uproar about that, saying that. So, so that's again an element of how they control public opinion. They want you to know that you are not allowed to try to do anything to shift public opinion because they know it's the number one most valuable thing that they have right now. There's nothing more important than public opinion because if public opinion shifts, the governments are going to be under pressure to do something about the Zionists, and they don't. They want their money. And again, we're talking Jews all over the world who are Zionists. Right, so they want that. They want that money. They want the Zionists to remain because they keep the Muslims distracted. Because then we'll turn and realize that the real enemy is is the secular capitalists, you know, Britain and France and, and the United States. So, um, it's really amazing how the how how disgusting the the kind of pressure that they're putting on Muslims. And uh, even actually, I've heard about a lot of students the same thing. The Zionists are going up and putting posters on the walls where they're attacking uh, Muslims and they're attacking Palestinians. But if Muslims respond, Muslims get in trouble from the from the university administration so this is happening all around the world yeah absolutely and and this is another thing is that you know uh we've been telling muslims about the reality of of, of the compromising and entering the democratic system 
you have to compromise on 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 uh, you know whether it be voting or whether it be go as an MP. And uh, and and what it, what it has been a fact is that uh, there are there are national interests you can call them. You could call them the the sacred jewels or the red lines. That yes, you can maybe uh, vote on maybe the carbon tax or maybe dental insurance. But when it comes to the real nitty gritty stuff that 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 is for the, the for Canada for the United States, these things are not voted on. No one's going to ask your opinion. You have to either vote for what uh, what what uh, you can say the elites or the or or whoever you may be, but they have in terms of their plan, their national interest. You either vote for it or you're out of the picture. So this has become crystal clear for Muslims is that engaging uh, within the system, either as an MP or or trying to pressure so on and so forth, it is it is it is it is worth it. It, it has absolutely no real impact. So the question now becomes is that, you know, in terms of public opinion, uh, as Muslims, if we're in the West, in terms of either the, the wider population or Muslims, uh, you know, what, what, what we do know is public opinion does have an impact, whether it be in the Muslim countries or whether it be here. Um, so therefore, our efforts should be focused, like even, you know, so suppose someone makes a page just to expose the crimes of the Zionist entity. That's, that's, that's good because that will show the, the world what's going on. But what's even better is, is and this is where I wanted to say, Mazin, is the role of the scholars, right? Um, one of the things, Brother Mazin, is that where are the ulama, right? Where are the scholars? Uh, have our scholars become simply explaining the history of Palestine? Uh, have they simply become asking for relief and, and so on and so forth? Has this become the maximum role of the scholars? Or... Do the scholars, especially because here's the thing that's interesting, Brother uh, Mazin, is that you know there's the Omara and the ulama, right? The the scholars and the rulers. The rulers have the executive power to actually implement uh, in, in Islamic history, like the Khulafa, the mayors, so on and so forth. But the ulama, they don't have executive authority. But what they did have, they had the public opinion, mm-hmm. right? And we know the story of Ibn Abd Salam uh, when he was upset at the Mamluks. Um, because they were they were actually slaves, so they they couldn't be rulers. So he decided to get up and leave Egypt, and the whole people of Egypt followed him, leaving uh, Egypt and and you know uh, d- deserting Egypt because he had the public opinion. And the reality is is that the scholars, what I've noticed is that you know uh, how, why are, you know when it comes to the hukum shari, which is very clear cut across the four madhabs, which is that uh, if a Muslim is being occupied, Muslims are being occupied. It's upon the Muslims closest to them that have the military capabilities to prevent the bloodshed or to enter and give them Nasr. This is in all four madhahibs. How come this aspect of the deen is not spoken about except by a few ulama, um, very few? Where are the scholars today who do have the, the public opinion uh, in the West, in the East? Where are they in terms of calling the, the 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 armies and the, and the people who are responsible to to do something and the hukum shari of Islam. Where are they in terms of this aspect? That's my um, that's the thing I actually wanted to like finish on from on my end is that is that the scholars have a huge responsibility today to explain to the ummah not just the history of Palestine, alhamdulillah, that's good, but to take the lead in terms of creating the opinion and saying what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's messengers say in terms of this catastrophe in Gaza. Barakallah, and that really is an excellent point uh, to end on, which is the responsibility of the inheritors of the prophets, 
right? Like the position of a prophet is to bring the deen of Allah Azawajal into a practice and to dominate public opinion with what Allah Azawajal wants. The scholars are, that's, the, that's their role today when they've taken this on. And so one of the things about the Syrian uprising and now the Gaza conflict, um, or if you want to call it a, the Gaza genocide, is that a lot of these scholars are quite, are silent. Now, there are a couple of interesting things. On the one hand, the some of the scholars are silent. There's a lot of them. I've, a lot of people are actually commenting, saying, "What? What are you? You gone mute? Like did something happened to your tongue? Uh, you were, you had a big mouth, just uh, you know, uh, not that long ago, and then suddenly now you're you're sitting there and talking and, and, and doing absolutely nothing." There's so many scholars, so many scholars. Some of them have actually come out and, and started talking about politics, but they haven't. Like Omar Suleiman, he's very very active right now in talking about Palestine. He's from Palestine, um, and then others, big famous, big mouths. Talking about all sorts of stuff, you have, we need to have a, 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 an Islamic state of of mind and heart before we can have a national Islamic state. And they give these kind of speeches. What about now? No, no. Now you're like Mr. Shaitan Akhras, like a silent Shaitan, just able to hiding, not talking about things. What you're afraid? Maybe you're gonna lose some money, some funding, some position in your masjid. They, maybe you lose your funding, your your uh, what is it? Uh, your um, uh, non uh, your your charity status or whatever. It's extremely disappointing. But again, public opinion. So this is the other thing I was going to mention. Public opinion is so strong. Again, because these things expose these people. Public opinion is so strong that even medkhalis are saying that the armies need to move. And they're almost kind of like implying that they have to move despite their rulers. So they're not calling because mm. when because I saw this one post from this one brother. Uh, I think he's, he attacks the Hizb and he's you know pretty out there medkhali and he uh, and when I say medkhali I'm talking about people who sold themselves to the to the rulers you know like uh, and um, and so it may they may not even be a follower of Rabi al medkhali but they follow the same concept which is obedience to the rulers blindly no matter what they do if they implement kufr and betray the ummah and ally with the kufar and fight side by side and massacre the Muslims obey the ruler. Because they have a complete misunderstanding of the evidences related to obeying the ruler. And so these the public opinion is so strong that this brother made a post saying, Oh, armies of the Muslims. And then I think he's saying, Oh Allah, you know, get the make the armies of the Muslims move. If what they were saying is true about obeying the rulers, that's not what he should have posted. He should have posted, Oh Allah, make the rulers accept to move. Oh Allah, you know, uh, guide our rulers. But they know that that sounds so the, the, the reality, ridiculous. The reality is, Masjid, is even less than that. Because that's public criticism of the ruler, yeah. right? Like, even to say that is like yes. crossing the line. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Uh, what, what, what one of them said, you know, one of the, saw, I saw a video where he said, it's, uh, this is not your business. You know, this is not your business. This is the business of the Wulat al-Umur. You know, you shouldn't worry about it, right? Sorry, I didn't want to cut you off. But what you can see is that because those positions are so, you know, anyone has iman, you, can, you cannot hold yourself like to these opinions. Like these opinions, when you actually like, and again, alhamdulillah, we know Islam is 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 revealed by Allah subhanahu wa taala, and we obey the hukum shari as is. But what we do know is that, you know, like sometimes we know the haq, right? In in terms uh, in terms of, you know, when when we when we understand the Quran and the Sunnah, we know Allah subhanahu wa taala. How can he be happy with us just staying quiet about, you know, Muslims being massacred? Like, we need to do something. Um, so there's so many opinions that Hamza has been exposed as completely, like, ridiculous. You know what I mean? The same person who is allying with the Zionists and normalizing and so on and so forth. You're asking the Ummah to obey them, mm -hmm. right? Obey the known slaughter of your Muslim brothers and sisters. And 
you know so a lot of these people are kind of now realizing that you know this is unacceptable now the interesting thing for the mazin is that in the middle east is a different story right in the middle east a lot of alhamdulillah a lot of ulama yes. have you know talked about this because you can see the difference between uh, the the middle east and here yeah. is that in the middle east if you're not speaking about Palestine, if you're not speaking about the armies moving, even if it's like asking the ruler to move the armies, you are going to be exposed as a, as a tra traitor, mm -hmm. treacherous person. Absolutely. So you can see the public opinion has has been that. Now, the only thing is, I would say, is this, right? Is it that the, 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 the general Muslims, are they supposed to be leading the ulama or are the ulama supposed to be leading the general masses? You get my point? Yeah. Like, what what we're finding is that the the general masses just like you know 21 22 year old kid uh you know angry and he's leading the street protest right um you know uh you know because he feels what's going on the street but what i what i would say is that it should be the scholars are the first ones to be out there and and telling the ummah what to think and in terms of what from what the quran and sunnah say uh, so this is a very big duty that's there uh, and, and in that's, terms of public opinion. and that really is a great point to touch on which is the importance of being statesman. One of the things that Hizb al-Tahrir does in the culturing process is it raises statesmen, people who are able to lead the Ummah and implement all of Islam. The most, not, not everyone's going to be great at it, but um, that's what, the, that's what the, this, this process produces. The majority of these scholars, even the ones on the, in, in the Arab world who are speaking, and, and their, their speeches are fantastic. These are very knowledgeable men that I honestly have a great deal of respect for. Um, but they're not really statesmen. Because they don't really think about things as a statesman, they think of things as a clergyman, right? Who knows about ahkam of the state. So they speak as a person who is not demanding that he runs things, not for himself, I mean, but demanding that he, as one of the ulama, and that the ulama, we are the ones who must be implementing this. And that's why you'll, you'll tell the difference between a clergyman and a and a Muslim like the Sahaba is the Muslim like the Sahaba wants to implement Islam, not because they want it, but because it must be implemented and they understand how to implement it. Whereas a clergyman acts as an advisor. And so all of his talks are going to be advising. We have to move, uh, like for example, this one sheikh that I, I watch, I, I love listening to him. He's a very good scholar. Very, very good scholar. I love his, uh, his, his speeches. But his, 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 his speech about Palestine he said, somebody asked me about, should we, should we not, should we support Hamas? Like Hamas is, you know, like, uh, is it right to be supporting them? Like they've done a lot of bad things in the past and they've shown treachery and so on. So like, so he said, what kind of a question is this? This is not about Hamas. This is about the Muslims. This is a struggle for the Ummah. Anybody who fights right now is, is, is we're, we're with them and they're with us. We're all on, we're all one saf. We're all one row together as one building moving together. They, we're with them and they're with us. So even if some, even if even if somebody is with Hamas, he doesn't he doesn't even agree with them, or whatever happens, he was saying that this is a this is a very good thing. But the problem is, if you listen to the way he's talking, he's talking as an advisor, as a mufti. He's not talking about we must go and do such. We Muslims must move. The armies must move, and I will move with you. And uh, we have to have an Islamic leadership. And this is the system of Islam. And there has to be a khilafah. Oh, armies move, and let's all move. And this this is not happening. This is a guy sitting in in a chair and giving fatwas. Now, I'm not saying that he's intentionally doing this. I'm not saying he's a he's a traitor or any. But it's the, it's a mentality that was bred for us, even who study in, in Azhar. I notice this after after like I joined Azhar just with the hope of. Of, of, of building even further on my view of Islam and the system, after a couple of years, I realized that it's, this is not building me at all. It's just giving me more information.
but it did not build me this much. And when I look at the graduates, and I came across a lot of them, I had lots of conversations, some that would message me and, you know, even kind of imply like, or, you know, you talk about these sorts of things, are you sure you should talk about these things? Um, and also for us who are in the WhatsApp groups with the shiuch and whatever, they celebrate, you know, the, these battles that they lost. And when you talk about things, they say, no, 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 we're not, we're not talking about these things. Let's not, so you brought it up and we're responding. And then now you tell us we're not allowed to talk about these things. All they produce is mutabbilin, basically, right? Scholars who will, who will play the drum and play songs for their rulers, basically. Give fatwas. And they don't think like leaders, right? And that's, that's, that's the importance of being a statesman, right? So the scholars of today, mm -hmm. the world has produced scholars who are clergymen. And that's what the West wants. They want secularized clergymen that will advise, they'll only give you advice because they advise the rulers, they advise the man-made laws, they advise the parliaments. Their job is not to take over. So the ulama have to have the mentality of we must take over because we are the ummah's leaders. We are the rulers of the ummah. The ulama are the, re are the rulers of the ummah. That's, they're the natural rulers. They're the greatest among us. They're the most knowledgeable among us. It's assuming sincerity. Sincerity is a component only Allah knows. But the most knowledgeable and the most the strongest in their, in their comprehension and application, they're our natural leaders. So this is a really big gap yeah, that has to be filled yeah. in. And and I, I just for a quick story, there's one Imam, his name is Abu Ismail Al Harawi. He was uh, teaching in uh, Jam Jamia Al Amawi. Yeah. And it said that during the time of the Crusaders, uh, Muslims came to him and then uh, told him that the Crusaders have entered Bayt al Maqdis. You know, what should we do? So then it says that uh, he closed his book and then he said, that now he closed his book and said, now is not the time for giving durus, and now is not the time for the books. And then it is said that he went to the, the Khalifa of, that, of his time in Baghdad, and he told him that, you know, now is the time for, to, for the Ummah to move. And, and, and this is basically what we see in terms of the scholars of the past, you know, like, uh, you know, when they saw, when they saw the, the, the lands of the Muslims being occupied, their job was to enable those who could do something. So we see uh, Muhammad al-Fatih, he was surrounded by ulama when he uh, opened uh, opens, uh, uh, the Istanbul. Uh, we see Salah al-Din al-Ayubi, he's surrounded by ulama as well. As a matter of fact, one of his shuyukh, when they entered Bayt al-Maqdis, uh, he, he said the verse, you know, he did, gave the khutbah, it says, that uh, the, the end of the disbelievers have, and the oppressors have been cut, uh, so what we see is that the job of ulama right now and as it was in the past is, is as you said, not to be just a mere advisor or this and that. Alhamdulillah, the scholars in this situation, Alhamdulillah, and especially in the, in the Muslim world, have raised their voice, Alhamdulillah. But what we need is them to be leading the effort. So Hizb Tahrir, Alhamdulillah, uh, you know, uh, some of our shuyukh, may Allah bless them and protect them. Uh, they, they made the call in Masjid Al-Aqsa to, to the ummah. Uh, in, in, in Ramallah and West Bank to the Ummah. And some of them, uh, subhanAllah, have been taken, uh, arrested by the Zionists and, and they're in prison right now. But Alhamdulillah, they made their call to the Ummah. Uh, but we need all the ulama, all the scholars in the East and the West uh, to talk to about the Hukum Shari. We understand the murder. We understand the need for charity. But charity is not going to get into a border that's closed, right? Um, we understand the history. The history of Palestine is beautiful history. But now is not the time to go into a lot of detailed history, this and that. What it is, is that they have their voices. If, if they don't have the hand 
to change their munkar, they have the tongues. So Hizb tahrir we call on the ulama to join us in this effort to create the right public opinion, which is those who have the capability, and that is the armies of the Muslim lands, to go and do their obligation, uh, which is to save the Muslims of Gaza and to establish the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Jazakumullah khair, Allah yibarak bik. It's a good uh, point to end on. Uh, now, there are some questions, um, but to be honest, I think we've covered almost everything. I didn't see any questions that were so significant um, uh, that we needed to answer uh, in during the live stream. And also, uh, we've basically reached the time limit. I generally try to keep the show, uh, the, the discussion around two hours. And um, so, uh, inshallah, I'll, I'll try to address some of the questions and further every, every live stream for the next, I expect, two or three weeks minimum, if not a month, um, it's going to be around the same topic repeatedly. We're going to be talking about the same issues uh, because uh, this issue is not going away. Uh, inshallah, it settles down. Inshallah, the people are are, are, um, are going to be put in a position of safety uh, soon. But um, but again, I recommend that everybody uh, continues watching all of the uh, videos that are coming through. Keep your heart connected to the Muslims of Palestine and Gaza. Um, remember Rasulullah said, من أصبح ولم يهتم بأمر المسلمين فليس منهم Whoever wakes up and is not concerned about the affairs of the Muslims, you are not one of them. You cannot wake up and not be asking yourself what's going on right now. So go check, constantly watch, remind your family, raise your children with the mindset of we are Muslims, that this conflict is a Muslim conflict, and one day, inshallah, we will, we will, and you will too, liberate Palestine and bring justice to this world. We will rule with justice, we will rule with Islam. And we will show the world what just rulers and a just system actually looks like. Inshallah ta'ala, may Allah just save our, our, our family in uh, Palestine and in other places, Kashmir and in other places where Muslims are being hurt, wherever they may be, and bring the justice of Islam and shift public opinion in the favor of not only the justice of Islam and the justice of Muslims, but also in favor of uh, the armies having confidence in the Nasr of Allah in the armies having confidence in the sincere leaders of the Muslims. Who deserve to lead and who will lead not because of any want for power but rather knowing that Islam must be implemented. So may Allah Azza wa unify this Ummah under the flag of La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah and uh, re-establish the Khilafah bi-idhnillah Azza wa Jal and may soon the armies answer the call uh, uh, where Allah Azza wa says Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu istajibu lillahi wa lil-rasul idha da'akum lima yuhyikum that O you who believe answer the call of Allah and his messenger if they call you to that which gives you life, this will give you life. Everyone is dead now. We're all dead. Of course, alhamdulillah, shukar, our concern for the ummah brings us to life. But when the armies answer this call, and we all, and by the way, for the armies, if anyone's listening, if you move, we move. Know for a fact, if you move, we will be there. Muslims from all around the world will immediately, inshallah, drop what they have. If the Muslims see that the armies are moving and that this is a true actual move for the sake of Allah Azza wa Jal, Muslims from all around the world will join you. Don't be afraid that you'll just be left abandoned. This Ummah loves Islam and the Ummah wants it. The Ummah has been dying to liberate Al-Aqsa and the surrounding area of Al-Aqsa for generations. So we as Muslims want to protect the deen of Allah Azza wa Jal and the land of Muslims. And so just know that we are just waiting for the Nasr of Allah Azza wa Jal. And the Nasr of Allah Azza wa Jal comes to the actions of people. So know and have confidence in the victory of Allah Azza wa Jal and know that Rasulullah also promised us. So when we move, we all come to life. The Ummah will come back to life and we'll all have a, have, a, have, a, have a perspective on our purpose in life different from anyone else and anything else. 
Jazakallah khair, my brother Khalid. Uh, it was a great discussion. You made some exceptional points. I, I especially loved that point about the narrative breaking of that the rulers, um, and I'm going to repeat it just because it's so important, that the rulers have a narrative that they get us focused on something else. And these types of events shatter that and turn all of our focus, everyone turns our focus towards what they're supposed to focus on, which is that this is an ummah issue, that the armies need to move, and the rulers are traitors. This is the central point and because it's an external enemy they, the rulers can't pull that back anymore there's nothing that they can do to pull that back alhamdulillah shukr may Allah Azzurin create this good on good jazakumallah everyone who stuck and, and stayed through the whole two hours a lot of people actually almost everybody stayed the whole two hours barakallah bikum and uh, inshallah we'll see you next week subhanakallah wa bihamdik nashadu an la ilaha illa ant nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh thank you for listening to this podcast podcasts on current events islamic guidance Quran, Tafsir, and Sira are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.